Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Two Minute Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Palace. Jake and Abraham are off this week, uh, so I brought along a co-host, special co-host, and this person has been involved in my podcast before on Palace Off the Top Rope. You may have heard him. You've heard him on 90s Films Turn 30. He's done wrestling pods with me, and now he's getting ready to do his first football podcast here with me. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the first time ever to the Two Minute Drive podcast, Mr. Brandon McLaughlin. What's going on, buddy? Hey, finally made it, man. So excited to be here. Uh, thank you so much, as always, uh, for having me on your show. Um, been a longtime listener of this thing. Just to <clears throat> excuse me, just to give the audience a little bit of a background here. So, before this was the Two Minute Drive podcast, uh, this was the SM Football Marks podcast. Um, and before that, you were just doing these as like regular weekly occurrences on the main Palace Off the Top Rope show. Right. Um, it's it's a shame that uh, Abe and Jake couldn't make it today. I'm, I'm sure that the the stream and the the conversation would have been very exciting, for lack of a better term, with with four people on this deal here. But um, there was one episode in particular that. This was a long time ago. Uh, I can't remember verbatim what the topic was. The only thing I can think of is that it was definitely pertaining Tom Brady. And it was you. It was it was the three of you guys, the normal gentlemen running the show. And something having to do along the lines of would Jake, if the opportunity had presented itself. And it, and it was a, it was a passive thought at some point if, if, Tom Brady had gone to the Cowboys would Jake take Tom Brady over Dak Prescott and it was a resounding no um (laughs) and and poor guy like I'm listening to this podcast at work and I'm getting weird looks from from people in the break room because when I tell you I was I was ugly crying laughing hysterically for for five minutes straight this poor man is is just you guys are just ending his life just getting lambasted for five minutes um and you you as the host just trying to keep everything together but you can just hear abraham in the background going off about how ridiculous of a response that is and poor jake jake if you're listening to this shout out to you buddy um i'm here to represent the cowboys as best as i can uh don't really have much of a ground to stand on uh considering what happened this past week which we'll get into in just a little bit but um that man just any 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 time he's on, he's he's not only fighting for his takes, he's fighting for his life. I feel so self <laughs> self inflicted. Maybe uh, I'm not going to interject on that too much, but um, nonetheless, uh, again, it's it's really it's really an honor and a privilege to to be on here for the SM Football Marks 2020 or sorry, two minute drive podcast. It's okay, you're, NFL you're, season. You're a diehard fan, so this is why I wanted you on here because you've been following us since the beginning so we we greatly appreciate it and you were always my first thought to be the guest inaugural guest i'm I'm super excited uh people who have listened to me in the past now get to listen to my less than reputable subpar nfl analysis so let's see where this takes us you know i could have done a solo show but i feel like football for some reason is better as a conversation so i'm glad that you're here today and glad that we're going to be able to talk about week six but before we get to week six let's uh talk a little bit about week five um the biggest news obviously coming out of sunday was the big matchup between the dallas cowboys and the san francisco 49ers 
rematch of last year's divisional round in the playoffs. Um, here's the thing, folks. I am. People can call me a Cowboys hater and all that stuff. That's fine. But I've always said, you know, the bar for you guys, for me, for anything, you can have a, an undefeated regular season. For me, the bar was always going to be, can you get to at least an NFC championship game and then talk some smack? If that were to happen, I'm all for it. Cool. Like I'll, I'll, you know, bow down, I'll praise, I'll give credit where credit is due. But for me, that's always been the bar because we've seen this before from cowboy led teams, just very dominant, you know, early, like, you know, sometimes they'll go undefeated for a little bit, but then when it comes to these like really big, like elite teams, you know, with elite quarterbacking and, you know, elite coaching, all that stuff, sometimes y'all just seem to come up short. And I'm curious, Brandon, as to your thoughts after Sunday's matchup with the Niners, um, how do you feel you stack up now if you were to meet up again? Like, do you think there's a chance or is this just the reality of what your team is? Floor there's yours. a lot that goes into that. Um, and I, and I sit here for all the, I mean, this is an audio based podcast. So for all the audio listeners, I'm wearing the, uh, the officially licensed, uh, palace off the top rope merchandise here. Let's go. Uh, with my Dallas Cowboys hats, um, because I'm loyal to a fault, right? And there's a there's a lot of things defensively that we need to clean up. Uh, and I and I start with that statement because the defense is what we've so been heavily relying on, uh, pretty much for the whole season up to this point, and um, even for the most part, the last couple of seasons. If, if I'm being 100% brutally honest, um, the first snap of that game, like the the very first play, the very first snap of the game face mask 15 yard penalty and my immediate thought is oh great it's going to be one of those games mm-hmm. um you got i think it's a uh, jaron curse lining up off sides you got micah parsons jumping off off jumping off sides and and we cannot have our defense making those mistakes the other part of that um uh, the other part of my answer to that is i i've held on for as long as i could Right. There, the last time that you and I t- talked football, um, we were talking about the Cowboys postseason when they got bounced by the 49ers. And I, I spoke very highly of my quarterback, Dak Prescott. And I, I spoke very highly of our coach, uh, Mike McCarthy. And I, I'm, I'm losing. I'm, I'm like right on my last shred of hope. Sorry, mm-hmm. Jake. I, I know that's not probably want, what you want me want to hear me say, but. Uh, I was listening to earlier this week, I was listening to the Richard Sherman podcast on YouTube because I was just chilling at home scrolling through and it popped up on my for you page. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what he said uh, when it came down to the recap of this week's game. And, and the way that he put it was Dak this season has yet to show that he can play every down of football and play every quarter um, mistake free. And and the way that he explained it was, you know, Dak has to play every down without relying on our defense beating up on these subpar offenses mm-hmm. and relying so heavily on strip sacks and turnovers to where, okay, Dak only has to drive 30, 40 yards down the field instead of starting at his own 25-yard line and driving it all the way down to, to mm-hmm. score. And then, of course, 
capitalizing in the red zone has been an Achilles heel for us. And we've, we've relied so heavily on, um, we've relied so heavily on field goals and, and there's, there, there's really no more excuse. I mean, I, I think you'll agree with that. There's, there's really no more excuses to, to kind of run and hide to, um, if, if people want to still hold on to, oh, well, we should have never traded away Amari Cooper. Okay. But we don't have a terrible receiving core. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we franchise tagged Pollard and, and Pollard, you know, was showing that he wanted to do some work. Um, so, so what's left is just the play calling the coaching and then our, our, our locker room leader, our, our quarterback. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that game, I was just thinking, man, I really wish this was the postseason. That way, this loss could have just been okay. It's it's over with. Let's just move on to next season. But unfortunately, we still have a long season to go, which is is a good and bad thing. Uh, and I feel like if we were to meet uh, a Philly or San Fran in the postseason, or, or hell, even even this year's don't say Tampa it. Bay, no, man. Oh, I, man. I, I'm not liking our chances right now. I, it's still early, so there's still hope, but I, I can't hold on to hope. I can only ana- analyze what I've seen thus far. And then right. that's, that's just my honest answer. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing I push back on Jake is your defense is great. Like we all know this, but what I'm saying is like, cause he talks about utter destruction and all this stuff. But I'm like, if you could really call it utter, utter destruction, it would be like, you know, the defense plus, you know, Dak throwing three or four touchdowns. And n- none of the wins have been because of Dak. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the wins have been because of the defense. And, you know, Jake will say, like, oh, well, you know, Dak hasn't really thrown – take this game away. But he hasn't really thrown that many interceptions. But I'm like, yeah, but he hasn't really had to do anything. He hasn't had to lead the team to victory. And in today's NFL, I don't care how strong your defense is, you need elite quarterback play if you're going to win everything. Like, that's just, I mean, there was that rare exception where the Patriots and the Rams played a couple years ago, and it was the lowest scoring Super Bowl. But in the end, it took a big elite quarterback play to win the game. So at at some point, your quarterback's going to have to come up big, and it's not going to be all your defense. So that's just my only thing with the Cowboys. I just feel like Dak Prescott is not the guy, you know, will you, would you play better the next time around? I do believe so. I think the defense would play a little bit angrier, maybe a little bit more restrained emotion wise, but in the end, it's going to come down to the quarterback and there's nothing to make me believe that Dak would be able to lead this team to that kind of victory. That's just the way I see things. Uh, a, cu- a couple of notes on that as well. So to, because this this man is is fighting for his life, like I said, to to defend Jake a little bit, um, you know, I, I think I think a lot of teams too have figured out Dak as well, which which is not good for him. He he doesn't really have the same dynamic as he did when he broke out in his rookie season because nobody really had a whole lot of film on him, mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of that had to do with he was a, a mo- he was more of a mobile quarterback back then than he is now, right. Uh, which which a lot of it has to do with the the injury the unfortunate injury he sustained back in 2020 um Jake also likes to talk about uh the the supposed one two punch with uh with Zeke and with Pollard and yeah. I'll I'll touch up on that a little bit more not necessarily pertaining to Cowboys but um I do have some more thoughts on that uh further on in the show here 
as it pertains to the rest of the league. But during those earlier years, Dak could run and you had a you had a younger Zeke, so that was your one two punch right there. Right. Um it's just a matter of of Dak being able to perform again in the red zone and, and make a lot of mistake free passes, which again is is really kind of hard to to grasp here considering what was the big news in the in the training camp. First snap that Dak ever took an INT to his own defense. Right. That's people are saying Dak has turnover in his DNA. And I I'm sorry, Jake. Like I I'll 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 hold out for the rest of the season as long as I can. But if if this season is just gonna turn out the way that it did, uh the way that it usually does, then I I don't think I can have much faith in Dak anymore. Yeah. Um what do you think of the 49ers, man? Are they, are they the best team right now in the NFL? Oh, I mean, we'll get to our rankings, but what did you think of them post that game right in that moment? They they have a very complete team. They have a scary good defense. And they deep. Have, they're deep also. Like <laughs> They have a competent quarterback. Uh, I, I know this is NFL talk, so I'm just going to keep this brief. But we have we have a quarterback that went from undesirable to undeniable, and he's looking to finish a story here. And yeah. he's got a good <laughs> unit around him. He's got they've got a solid run game. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people right now are high on Travis Kelsey when it comes to the tight end position specifically. But I mm-hmm. mean, George Kittle is nothing to shake a, a finger at, and he proved that on Sunday's game. Uh, right going off for what was it two or three scores uh in in the end zone so that and uh, also like blocking like he this guy does everything 100 percent uh iuk debo i i mean they're just they spread everybody everywhere and they they got plenty of options they are the probably the best well-rounded and best performing team uh in the league as of five weeks in uh i want to ask you this about brock purdy um, there's been a lot of people that are like, oh, if you plug anybody in there, they'd be performing the same. But watching him and the way he was making some of those throws, like just very accurate. I don't think it's as simple as just plugging anybody in and then running the offense. Like I'm ready to give this guy his flowers. This guy's 10 and 0 as a starter. Like I'm mm-hmm. tired of people pushing the goalposts. Like this guy can play football. Like he's not just a, and I hate the term game manager because everybody manages the game. Like you have to, if you're a good quarterback. Um, but this guy's making throws like right before, you know, the receivers are even in the mark. Like it kind of like it, it's hard to make the comparison, but like it very it, it is Brady-esque a little bit in the way he's taking this team. And and just like he reads defenses, he reads the field, he goes through his progressions and all that stuff. And it's just incredible, like how how fast he's caught on. And I'm just curious as if you think he's just it's just a system guy, or do you think like he's like legit? Brock Purdy is definitely something special. Uh, this is only his, what, his second season as a, as a starter in the league. Not even like right? full, like this is his first like real full. Like, like legitimate season, season, right? Yeah. Cause he came in like halfway last year, I think. I think if they, uh, I think, I think if they wanted anybody to be in that position, they could have filled that spot with any like, any of these other veteran quarterbacks uh, that were sitting out there in the waivers or maybe even picked up hypothetically like a uh, Cam Newton, if you will. But they 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 took a chance on this kid. 
They yeah. saw something special, and there is definitely something special. The quarterback position is not – it's not an easy position to, to play. Um, I I had – I gave Dak some some pretty harsh criticism just now. Um, but it's not it's not easy for, for any just average Joe or any person to, to step up and, and, and kind of do it. So um, – We'll we'll see how the we'll see how the postseason goes. Uh, I'm gonna hold off on uh, on the term legitimate, mm-hmm. but but I will agree that he he is something special and that um, he he does play a, a special role um, and add a special element to the to the game for sure. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> mentioning like plugging in quarterbacks and all that stuff. There was an ESPN analyst. I forgot which one it was who said that if. Mac Jones was in this offense, it would be the same thing, but I don't see that. And I guess we can segue into this next topic, which you wanted to bring up to me. And uh, man, uh, my New England Patriots are not looking good at all in all phases of the game. Um, Did you want to ask me something specific or? Yeah. And, and I, um, you know, we don't, we don't need to spend too much time on this if if we don't have to, but Mm -hmm. uh one of the last conversations we had about the NFL uh, again, when it came to Dallas getting eliminated right around the same time, uh, new England had gotten bounced the same weekend from, uh, from the playoffs. And uh, what was it? I remember that was, I think max rookie year. Correct. Uh, And I was on the podcast with you. I told you, I said, Hey, you know, I have no stake in the new England Patriots at all. Uh, they're not my team, but I don't dislike them. You know, I, I have nothing against them. I mm-hmm. don't have any reason to. And uh, I spoke very highly of this kid. And I thought that with the performance that he had, that his his ceiling was only going to get higher and that he was only going to continue to learn uh, from the Patriots system, from Bill Belichick, and that he was going to continue to improve. And last season, at some point, we saw him get benched uh, to, to Zappi. And mm-hmm. this season, we're, we're seeing... You know the the Patriots kind of kind of unravel a little bit, and uh, in in that same previous conversation from a while ago, um, actually no, I, I take that back. This was a different conversation from earlier. We were covering the results of the 21, 2021 NFL draft, mm-hmm. um, and you had made the comment uh, about the uh, the announcer that came out for the Patriots first round draft pick in the twenty twenty one NFL draft, and. He he made the proclamation, and with the pick, your six-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots, you had made the comment, like, he made it a point to say that they have a reputation to uphold. So mm-hmm. with the way that they've been performing and things that I've been seeing in the media uh, as far as uh, Belichick not wanting to move forward with, with removing Mac out of his position or not wanting to bench him, what – my first question is really, what are your thoughts uh, with all that said? Thoughts on Mac or just thoughts on the whole team as, as a whole? Thoughts, thoughts on Mac. Um, thoughts on Mac and, and uh, Bill Belichick's, I guess, lack of willingness to, to try somebody else out. Yeah. Um, on, on the Mac thing, it's, it's really interesting because he was on the uptick towards like the latter part of his rookie year. It's like, man, this guy's, doing pretty good and you know especially like with him you know succeeding Tom Brady and all that stuff like that's a major task for anybody and I think he handled that pretty well but then you also have to look at some of the teams they were playing that season they were pretty bad the teams that they were beating up on and 
that got them into the playoffs. And then we saw what happened against the Bills and they got demolished. And then last season, I didn't really want to blame him. That was more, I think, on Patricia and them not really getting him the weapons, even though they did spend a good amount of money on free agency. But it, they weren't like, you know, big names or anything like that. It was more guys. Um, but, you know, in the past, like you could get away with guys because you had Tom Brady to elevate those people. So it would disguise some of that. So maybe that was part of, you know, Brady covering a lot of, you know, putting Band-Aids on a bunch of stuff. And then Belichick, I just, I don't know. I, I watched this team and they're super slow. You know, they're always playing from behind. You know, you look at the two games that they had against the Dolphins and the the Eagles, like they were competitive, but like not until like the far end of the game because they were playing from behind. And this team is just not built to to win from behind, especially with the, the pieces that they have. And, and the, I thought the defense would be enough to carry us through. But now with the loss of Matthew Judon, and rookie Christian Gonzalez, who was starting to make a name for himself, like that just puts the defense at a whole, you know, different level and, you know, than what they were. So again, that that's not good for things. And then just as far as Belichick not wanting to bench Mac or, you know, just try something different with Zappy is just really weird to me. Uh, maybe he thinks the season's not lost. And I know we're only in week six, so there's still a chance to turn it around, but I, I don't see it. And I don't see the spark from, from Mac either. Even with the Cowboys loss, when, when this started, it's like, he just wasn't really, I didn't see really any emotion or anything on the podium. He was just kind of like, you know, I, I got to play better. And, you know, just, he just looks defeated. And that's really how a lot of the fan base is feeling right now. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough watch seeing them. Gotcha. I'm going to throw uh, a couple more hypothetical questions. Uh, and then if, if you want to close out with anything else we can, or if you want to move on, it's, it's your show. I'm, I'm open to whatever, but with, with the, I, I sent you a meme the other week. Uh, this was about a, a few weeks ago. Uh, something having to do with like Belichick had made some moves in a, in a draft to, block somebody from picking up a certain player and it was like a lineman or something. And that lineman was responsible for uh, the, the missed block that caused uh, Aaron Rodgers to, to go down and, and get right, injured right. at the end of the season with, with the kind of mind that Belichick has, do you think that it's possible he's, he's opting not to, He's opting not to bench Mac in hopes that Mac will, you know, start to, you know, start to kind of 180 and turn around and, and clean up his act and then start performing a little better just for the sake of, of le leveraging him for a trade for somebody else. Hmm. Or he could just, he realizes what he has. And, and this is my guess. And I think this is what they should do is just end up tanking the season and get into the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Get and get into that, get into that pot. <laughs> that that's my that's probably what a lot of what New England's thinking, and I started to think that as well as they were getting demolished by the Saints. I'm like, you know what? We may just have to call this season and just you know. And I I hate the word like tanking, but I I just don't see I just don't see it in Mac right now. Like and you know just going from year one all the and now at year three, and it's like it's going backwards, and it's like it's not supposed to be. That's not supposed to be happening. I still think Belichick is a really good coach, um, but I do think also he needs to get rid of the GM title. He needs to let other people 
pick the football position. I think Robert Kraft needs to step in and be like, hey, look, Bill, like we love you. You want to keep coaching. That's great. But you know what? There's a caveat. We, we're going to need to actually get a GM here because we've whiffed on a lot of, you know, offensive picks in the past. We can never draft receivers well. You do good on the defensive side of the ball. You can still have input on that. But we need to get an offensive-minded person in here to draft uh, and free agency also, you know, them getting rid of or letting Jacoby Myers walk when he's turned out to be a pretty decent receiver for the Raiders. Um, and they paid a lot of money to Juju Smith-Schuster, and he hasn't been really a factor in anything. So, yeah, um, I love Belichick, but he needs to get rid of that GM title or relinquish it. Love that answer, and uh, it, it's actually perfect uh, with the the final hypothetical that I wanted to pr- propose to you really quick. Um, before I do that, I just want to interject and say something because I don't think I've ever said this on a live microphone ever before, but um you had brought up just a second ago uh tom brady and everything that tom brady has done for that that patriots organization and he is now he's now forever a patriot he had his ceremony on Mm -hmm. uh the the first week i i'm so grateful there there are a lot of people that i know that we probably mutually know that um that got to grow up with the generational quarterbacks being like the Joe Montana's, the, the Dan Marino's, the, the Troy Aikman's. Yeah. Um, I, I was privileged to, to grow up in the, uh, the Brady man, uh, Brady Manning era. And the kids nowadays ha- uh, are getting to experience the, the Mahomes, Burrow, uh, Herbert, you know, the, the current era. Right. 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 Um, I'm, I'm grateful that, I got to experience everything that Tom Brady was. I, I know he never played for my team. Um, but again, I never had anything against Brady. There were times where I wanted the the Patriots to succeed. Uh, specifically, <laughs> both times they played the Giants and oh. uh, the time they played Philly, which they let me down all three times. Thank right. you very much, sir. But anyway, <laughs> there's, there's never going to be a talent like Tom Brady. And for the – you know, for the initial part of the season, at least for the first two weeks, I would I would watch some of the highlights of like these. I think I caught the last half of that uh, Philly New England game, um, and I try to watch as many of the the other games for like the Bucks as I can. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm watching them and I'm thinking to myself, "Man, Brady would have done this. Brady Brady could have done that." It's like it's like that scene from the movie Ted where they're talking about Flash Gordon where they're like, yeah, another fell quarterback goes into space and saves the earth. Tom Brady could have done that. Tom Brady could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I think to myself, I need to take myself out of that shoes, uh, out of those shoes and just let these players be their own players and stop yeah. comparing people to Tom because there's never going to be another Brady. Right. Um, but doesn't so that I go wanted... to, doesn't that also like show you like how, I mean, I always soaked it in. I always smelt the roses of, of what we were witnessing with not only like Brady, but guys like Breeze and Manning and, you know, mm-hmm. all these other guys, like just this, that type of quarterbacking. And and I'm not saying like these guys, this next generation is not that, and maybe they could be, but right now they're still like kind of like in their infancy stage. So maybe they will grow into that. But the fact that we just got out of that era is just, it just goes to show like how special those quarterbacks were. I uh, I keep bringing up memes and I it's not a meme but I I keep seeing for like for like different things, uh not just NFL related but I'm gonna stick to it because that's the, the the topic of interest here for this show but um it was going down the list of like Roethlisberger gone 
Brady gone, Favre gone, Breeze gone, Manning, Manning gone, gone. And it's like your childhood is over. And that, that, that just hits heavy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to move forward with my question now. So, so Brady is officially, officially retired. Mm-hmm. Gronk is out. Edelman is out. Do you think that maybe Belichick is next in line to, to, to hang up the, hang up the hat? It's curious. Um, I mean, he's done it all, right? So it's easy for him to just like walk away and all that stuff. But I, I think he just has such a passion for the game that I think he's just going to continue to do it. Um, even if it's not in New England, let's say Robert Kraft decided like, you know what? Let's say we're going to cut ties. Like we thank you for everything that you've done, but you know, we're going to move in a different direction. I think he would go coach somewhere else. I don't think he would retire. I just think he he likes the game too much. Very good. That's that's pretty. That's really all I wanted to to, to pick the brains on from from a seven time Super Bowl champ such as yourself, uh, six of which coming from that that uh that team there. How you feel about how they're representing that that reputation as you speak? Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, that's enough on week five. Let's um, actually no, let's not. This is to put the lid on week five. Uh, let's get into the power ranking part of the podcast. Um, I asked Brandon to do some homework, so he's got his power ranking list set to go. We can go back and forth here from five to one. Um, since you're the special guest, I'm going to let you kick it off. Who is your number five power ranking team coming off of week five? I got to give number five up to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, nice win on Sunday. Uh, they, they're, they're coming off of not just one, but back-to-back wins overseas in London. Yeah. Uh, and they t- they had a tall task ahead of them this past weekend against the Buffalo Bills, who the week prior just put the Miami Dolphins in their place, which the Miami Dolphins just dog-walked the <laughs> – the Denver Broncos 70 to 20. So it, it, it kind of goes, it kind of goes along with that mentality of any given Sunday. Right. Uh, Trevor Lawrence by no means is a, is a bad quarterback. Um, I, I think he belongs in, in the name of the conversation as, as we were just discussing with, with these generational quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, given, you know, given a couple of extra, of extra pieces, I, I think their receiving core could use some work. Um, I, I, I think he's a, He's he's got a strong he's got a strong showing and uh having having back to back wins overseas uh has definitely courted some recognition for sure. Yeah, they were just right outside my top five. I probably have them number six. Um my number five, and I know they were on the bye week, but I don't care because nobody else is giving them the respect. I'm going to I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are sitting right now at three and one and also on top of the NSC South when everybody thought that they were gonna tank and weren't gonna do anything. And even even now, I'm still hearing the pundits that are saying like that they're going to end up being a bad team. We don't know that. We have to talk about what they are for their record and what they're doing now. They're three and one. Baker's playing tremendous football. The defense is still the defense. They're they're doing some good stuff. I like this team. I love the offensive coordinator Dave Canellas, who they brought in from Seattle. He's made a huge difference in that team. And Baker's he looks rejuvenated. So they're my number five. Do you? Do you want to do this like a snake? So do you want me to just keep going first or do you want to take uh, four and then no, I'll do three and then I'll take four. Okay. So at number four, I got the uh, Detroit lions. Um, they're starting to come into form. I knew they were going to 
be on top of the NFC North. Um, they had the huge opening victory against the Chiefs, then stumbled real quickly against the Seahawks. But these last couple of weeks, they've they're I mean, I love their offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. They're doing like, you know, creative things. I think both of those teams did like a reverse them. They did like a reverse type play, and then San Francisco kind of ran like the same type of play against the Cowboys. So these coordinators that they got, they're just so offensive minded and they're so creative and I like the coach Dan Campbell. I used to give him crap back in the day when he coached Miami and was all about just being tough guy. But this guy is like a real motivator. And right now they're looking good to take that division by storm because the rest of the NFC North is doesn't look good. So this is their division to lose. So I got Lions at number four. For my number four, I, <clears throat> I've been practicing this all day. So hopefully I don't get my tongue tied by saying it on the air. Um I got the Kansas Swifty Chiefs. Oh gosh! See what I did there? I I did see that. I I, I hope the audience caught that too. I was like, yeah, I hope the audience. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it one more time just in case the audience didn't catch it. The Kansas Swifty Chiefs. Um, I I, I gotta say, uh, reigning defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, I was I'm I'm very impressed. Uh, with uh Travis Kelsey, he he had a really bad he rolled his ankle uh mm-hmm. on one of the plays. I did see um, that. But but his grit, he in the second half of the game was able to come back out. He even got himself a score, maybe two. Uh I don't remember two I don't remember verbatim, but um the fact that he was able to come out and finish the game uh deserves some recognition. Uh maybe that's just because uh, I don't know, maybe that fling that he's got going on with Taylor right now. I mean I can speak for myself. Maybe, maybe you can relate and any other gentlemen that are listening to this podcast. If, if you start dating a girl, you, you want to start showing out for them. So, you know, he gets hurt. He's, if I, if I was in his shoes, I'm like, no, I'm not going to sit on the sideline. I'm going to go out and finish the game. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just me. No, um, I think most, most like real guys are, are like that. You know, they want to, sh- they, they have to put on a show a little bit. I do want to make a quick note on that too, really quick. And, and I know it's kind of stale news um, at this point. Um, my mom was talking to me not too long ago. She she made the comment. She's like, I'm so sick of hearing about Travis Kelty, Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I, I gotta say, I gotta say, I appreciate, I, I, I don't want to say it's a, um, it's not, it's not a media plug or anything, or it's not a media stunt by any means. Um, but, but the fact that more eyes are getting on this product now, regardless of how you feel about the situation, you might think this is the most ridiculous thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it's bringing more attention, uh, from, you know, a lot of female demographic and and maybe even some of the male demographic who never even thought twice to, to tune into the NFL, uh, merchandise sales are looking good. Um, so, so this is good for the product all, all around. And, uh, I'm I'm just going to kind of dip into this really quick and then I'll move on to number three, um, you know, with the Barbie movie that got released earlier this year and, and everything that the message that that sent for, you know, breaking down gender roles and, and roles that women fit. Um, I think this kind of plays into that a little bit it's as far mm-hmm. as, you know, more, you know, more people tuning into the NFL because of this little love story pun very much intended uh that's going on uh but that that's just my quick note on that i don't know if you want to interject and, and comment before I, I i say number three no i just i just wanted to ask real quickly if you're a swifty i i don't consider myself a swifty uh if you put on a taylor swift song depending on what it is i can enjoy it but 
most of the time if it, if it pops up like on a shuffle playlist i'll i'll more than opt to skip for the most yeah. part I know, I know the hits, but I'm starting to get a little bit into the deep dives on some of the darker stuff and pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, and I've seen some different collaborations she's done. So I don't know. She's interesting. If, if you, if you asked me right now off the top of my head, uh, Endgame would probably be my favorite song. Okay. Cool. Cool. I don't have a favorite. I don't have a really a stake in the game on that. Um, go ahead and go with your number three. Okay. So. Really good transition here from the Chiefs. Uh, my number three actually is the Detroit Lions. Okay, cool. I uh, this is this is a really interesting team to watch. Um, they I don't want to say they deserve, but they have earned a lot of recognition. Uh, comprised with everything that's been going on with that organization for quite some time. You you think about the fact that. They acquisitioned Jared Goff in a trade for Matthew Stafford over to Los Angeles and the Rams built a, a super team around Stafford. And then they end up going to win the Super Bowl that year. A lot of, pro- a lot of people are probably thinking that Lions got the short end of the stick with, with Jared Goff. Um, but Jared Goff, Jared Goff is not no nobody. He's mm-hmm. he, he can produce. Um, he's, he's definitely got a lot to show for. He's, he's a talented quarterback. Um not only did they ha- they are the one in four and one when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs or mm-hmm. excuse me the Kansas Swifty Chiefs, <laughs> um, they handed Patrick Mahomes an elite quarterback the first loss of the season in Arrowhead on Banner Night as the reigning defending Super Bowl champions. Closing out the season prior last year, they eliminated Aaron Rodgers from right. playoff contention in his last game as a Green Bay Packer. That those are not easy feats. Those yeah. are those are pretty tall tasks to, to to tackle. Um and the fact that they're sitting at four and one right now, they are head and shoulders above everybody else in their division. They they deserve some recognition. So I got them sitting at number three for this week. Yeah, they got that they got that dog in them, as the people like to say. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so they, they that team's got some grit. Um my number three uh, is the Miami Dolphins. I know you mentioned that Buffalo kind of put a, put them in their place. And I kind of compare them a little bit to the Dallas Cowboys, although they're more heavy-handed on the offensive side of the ball. But the reason I have them ranked so high is because it is an offensive league and they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. So while defensively they may not be good, and if they stack up, match up well against someone like Buffalo who's going to be able to bully them, uh, that'll be their downfall. But as far as like other teams they're going to be able to put up a lot of points, even on somebody like, let's say, Kansas City. And will they be able to catch up? Because as much as I know you have Kansas City on your list, I haven't really been impressed with, they haven't really scored as much this season. And that's kind of surprising with uh, Patrick Mahomes-led team. They're usually used to putting up like a lot of good points, but uh, we'll see if his young receivers get in the groove or if they pick up somebody at the trade deadline, which is I'm starting to think that they really are going to go after somebody whether it be like, a, I don't know, Devontae Adams or, you know, I don't know if they have the money, but like a Justin Jefferson, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking of teams already that are starting to kind of like, I don't want to say full on tank, but they're not trending in the right direction. And I think Kansas City's going to end up going after somebody at the trade deadline. So they're a team to watch, but back to Miami. Yeah. They're just because it's an offensive league and they're so fast and they're so creative in their offense. And Mike McDaniel's still in my running for head coach of the year. Um, they're they're going to be in the mix, uh, you know. Of course, health and all that coming into play, but Dolphins number three. 
I think I think you I think you're starting off with two. Oh, I was just leaving room to see if you had anything to say about my number three pick. Oh no no no, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, I'll just make the quick comment. I don't want to say, uh, the Miami Dolphins were like a six. Uh, I I prefer to think of them as like a five B or like an honorable honorable mention because I was weighing heavily on on putting them on my top five for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, really, what did it for me was was that 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 comment that we've kind of passed back and forth with each other that that kind of soured it for me. Uh, as far as their loss to the Buffalo Bills, yeah. um, y- you had a record ba- blah, blah. you had a record breaking performance against the Denver Broncos, which I mean, Denver's Denver. You can make whatever comment you want to make about Denver, but a record breaking performance dropping seventy points in a single game. Mm. You had that momentum momentum behind you. You need to win games, like especially against a division rival, like like a like a like a Buffalo Bill team um in the AFC East. Like those kind of games are important. But you know, if, if you're if you're gonna drop the ball per se, um what happens if you meet again in the postseason? That's that to me is kind of what soured me from putting them on the rankings. But they they are definitely a very, very explosive offense. Um this is what I'm gonna circle back to uh the Jake's favorite uh theme of, of the one two punch. Mm-hmm. You got the one two punch with uh Raheem Mostert and then Devon A chain going off. Yeah. He's running all over the place as as a rookie. That's your one two punch right there. And then you combo that with Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill. They're a scary offense for sure. Yep. But but their their defense needs to pick up a uh, pick up the pace and they can't afford to lose important games yeah. uh, like the ones that they did for the Bills. If you had to pick between the Cowboys getting it together and fixing it or the Dolphins getting it together on defense, who would you bet your money on? Oh, my God. Um, When you say the Cowboys getting it together, are you specifically just meaning that Dak just plays better? Yeah, they get more well-rounded. Dak's, you know, not making mistakes. He's, you know, throwing the ball a little bit more down the field and – they get a little bit more creative on the offensive side. I mean, I don't know how much McCarthy, I mean, that, that's another thing is like them losing uh Kellen Moore was a huge deal. Like I know people wanted to rag on him, but you see what he's doing right now with Justin Herbert, their offense is looking way better now or even more than it was with him uh, under Justin Herbert. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It all just hinders. Let's say hypothetically Dak does play better and and all that stuff like who who do you bank on getting it Mm. together i like uh it's mike mcdaniels right he's the he's the coach yeah i really like him as a coach and i and i feel like him as a coach and him as a leader he can corral his team better than a mccarthy could Mm -hmm. even though we even though the, the the guys have all the faith in McCarthy, like they've they've gone on record so many times, offensive and defensive players have said that, you know, they they fully believe in in Mike McCarthy. Um, I I just I feel like Dak has had so much time uh, in so many years post injury to to clean himself up, and again again it just boils down to I, I wanted to believe in him and I wanted to think that he had all the potential. Mm-hmm. Um, 
again for for Jake, if you're listening to this, I'm I'm going to give it to the rest of the season. But gun to my head, if if you had to to make me make a choice, I, I think I'd be more confident with the Dolphins getting their act together. And that's why I have them on my rankings, and and that would be a good co- like counter to Jake because I know he probably he he has the Dolphins on his. I mean the Cowboys on his for sure. But that's my reason why is that I trust. Miami to maybe maybe not fully figure it out, but they'll they'll give it a better shot than what I think the Cowboys could in the playoffs. All right, let's move on. Um, my number two power ranking team after week five is the Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning defending NFC champions. Um, they finally put up a really good game up against the Rams. I was able to catch most of the third quarter on, and they were they were. I mean, Philadelphia hasn't really been as impressive. They've kind of just been. I don't know if coasting is the right word, but we really haven't seen the level up to what they were playing in the latter part of last season, all the way up into the Super Bowl. And you started to see a little bit more of that in this game. Um, Jalen Hurts starting to sling it a little bit more, playing a little bit better. Um, Yeah, um, they're undefeated right now, so I got to give them their props as well. So usually championship level teams, even though when they don't play their best, they find ways to win games regardless of the fact and you know, the Eagles could have easily lost some of these games, like the the Washington game, which went to overtime. You know, if they didn't have their stuff together, they'd lose that game. Or they would have let New England come back in that opener, you know. But they just find little things and uh, are able to get those victories, and that's what separates the championship-level teams from, you know, just your mediocre subpar teams. I think uh, I, I think this is where our our last two picks are going to kind of align with each other. If, mm-hmm. if I think I know where you're going with with two and one here, um, before I proceed, I, I just want to reiterate for the record that I have not complete. I have not at all given up hope on Dak just yet. I still want to see the man succeed. Um, aside from his player capabilities as a human being, he he's an incredible person, a Walter Payton man of the year recipient last year, great guy all around hands down 100%. Um, and, and I've, I've gone on this podcast and, and we've talked football and uh, I've eaten crow and I've, I've had my statements shoved back down my throat. So if I'm wrong about Dak, like I, I will gladly be wrong about Dak. Like that's not an issue. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, this next part makes me absolutely sick. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to vomit in my mouth by saying this, but I also have the Philadelphia Eagles at number two. Um, they're five and zero for the second straight year in the row, and and that that deserves props, regardless of them being a division rival. Um, they got a lot going for them right now. They have a very talented squad. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a phenomenal talent. Um, he's got uh, AJ Brown. He's got Devontae Smith. Uh, they picked up Swift uh, mm-hmm. from from the Detroit Lions at running back. Their their defense is stout. Um, here here's the thing that I that I will say that the comment that I will make, um, you know, going back to the New England game and almost having them come back, it wasn't like the, I mean, yeah, the the Philadelphia Eagles forced a three and out right in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't like they 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 forced a fumble or they, they picked the ball off. It took a freak play that needed to be reviewed several times on, on fourth and 10 or fourth and 12, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, if the receiver was in bounds. If, if that call had been a catch, 
maybe we may have seen a different outcome in that game. Uh, you also True. think about the fact that divisional games, divisional opponents are always going to play each other harder. So you think about the fact that the Washington Commanders took this undefeated team into overtime. The reason why I have them at two and not one is because I feel like they can be had. Oh, yeah, for sure. This this team is is not a juggernaut. This team is not indestructible. This this team has holes. They can be had. Um, we we have to play them twice. Uh, we've we've bested them before. Uh, I think that we have a solid chance of at least winning one of our two encounters uh, when they probably more than likely when they come up here to to Jerry World. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, I think before people start to to get really high again on the on the Philadelphia Eagles, just watch out for them because they. They they can they can have some weaknesses. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there, and I'll even agree with you on the Cowboys even besting. I think they match up well um, with the Eagles, so I, I can see them pulling off one of those victories there. Because um, all it'll take is one Jalen Hurt fumble or you know whatever, and the Cowboys can sneak away with the victory. Um, but yeah, I still think I still think we have yet to see like their best football. And maybe we won't see it because I'm still thinking that they're the offensive coordinator they had, Shane Steichen, who's now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and who's doing some good things over there. He was a big part of why the Eagles were very explosive last year. So maybe that might come back to bite them somewhere down the line. But right now I just got I still gotta give them their props. I'll I'll give them their props. I'll I'll show them the respect that that they deserve. Um I, I don't like it, but I'm <laughs> I'm unbiased. Um and then the number one, I, I think the number one here is obvious. The the only other under, undefeated team in the league. Just it wasn't a it wasn't a Thursday night game, but they still found a way to Amazon Prime ship Dallas's asses back to <laughs> Dallas. Um, I got the San Francisco 49ers at number one. Yeah, I mean, uh, what else is there more to say that what we covered at the beginning? That they're so deep, their roster: McCaffrey, Debo. Kittle um their defense is just tremendous Fred Warner was all over the place um head coaching Kyle Shanahan I I really want him to get a ring more than anybody just because I mean I feel like he's put in the word so Mm -hmm. I mean I know the players got to show it but I think really the only thing that could derail this team is just a significant injury to uh, players and that's kind of been like their Achilles the last couple of seasons like just injury other than that like San Francisco this team if they don't if they don't win the Super Bowl this year with this roster and let's say they stay completely the way they are like, then there's just, I don't see them ever winning it. Cause this is the perfect year for them to get it done. I have, a, I have a couple of things that I want to cover before we, before we move on here. Um, uh, a quick side note uh, before I dip back into the San Francisco 49ers, another honorable mention, uh, the New York jets revenge game for nathaniel hackett against the denver broncos that's amazing oh man did you I'm, see... I'm sorry i thought i thought that was worth at least a little bit of a call oh, no we could talk about that for, real quickly um, week five recap i like the robert salas running up to sean payton and you can hear him mouth the words stay humble mm-hmm. and uh I'm, I'm shocked that we didn't hear anything out of sean payton or him trying to go look for nathaniel hackett because he really at least should have shooken his hand you know just eating crow on that but you know, I, me and my dad are hard headed on him. Like, 
he's a little bit overrated. Like he's probably another one where Breeze made most of his career, so he needs to get off his high horse a little bit. Um, the the second thing, and and I, this is actually a question that I have for you. Um, how would you feel if, let's say, the 49ers continue on the trajectory? San Francisco 49ers continue on the trajectory that they're on. Let's say they go undefeated in the regular season. Let's say they go through the playoffs. They they have the first they have the first week bye. Mm-hmm. They go through the playoffs. The way they win the NFC Championship game. They win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy accomplishes what 2007 Tom Brady could not do. You know, I I can't I can't even hate on that man. I like Brock Purdy. Like, I would be so happy for for him and that organization and that coach and one of my good friends, Paco, who's a huge 49ers fan. I'd feel so so happy for them if that were the case. Like, I can't even be mad about it. Just just because I was, I mean, they've doubted this kid so much. And again, it's such a, it would be a Brady story because this kid was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. And what what a story to cap that off. Undefeated season, the greatest, you get into the conversation of the greatest team ever, just with that, if you accomplish that, that's, that, that would be awesome, I think. Undesirable to undeniable. Mm-hmm. Finish the story. Yeah, I can't see. There's there's nothing like Brock Purdy's like a sorry for anybody who's never watched wrestling. He's a pure white baby face. Like there's just nothing about him like that looks like he could turn heel. I don't know if even maybe growing a beard, maybe giving a change of look, but uh, there's nothing about him that's like screams heel or anything. He's a total baby face. <laughs> that is true, unless uh, unless from out of left field, some report comes out from like some random ex-girlfriend or something or like he's he's out at bars doing stuff that he's not supposed to do that would probably be the only thing knock on wood uh i don't have anything near me but i'll i'll knock on wood yeah um Um, yeah no that's that's all i have for yeah that would be cool undefeated season um we've never seen it um but again never say never and um those are our power ranking teams for week five I'll run through mine real quickly just for the audience, just in case, like, I know we went on a little bit of a couple of tangents here. So I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five, the Detroit Lions at four, the Miami Dolphins at three, the Philadelphia Eagles at two, and the San Francisco 49ers at one. And if you want to reiterate yours real quickly for the audience. Absolutely. At number five, I had the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. Number four was the Kansas Swifty Chiefs. Number three, the Detroit Lions. Two, Philadelphia Eagles. And then number one, the San Francisco 49ers. All right. Um, are you ready to get into week six? I am. And I, um, for the audience that's, that's been keeping up with the season so far as, as the special guest, um, I'm gambling with house money here. Uh, I, I did in fact put a lot of, of effort, uh, into my, my picks, but, uh, if I'm wrong on some of them, uh, I'm not in the the running for for standings. Uh, this this is just for fun for me. Um, I, I actually I, I need to interject really quick. I need to check on something here in my apartment palace. Uh, if if I can step away for a couple minutes, uh, if you want to use this time to kind of go go over some different stuff or, or maybe like recap the the rankings from you, Abe and, and Jake for a little bit, 
Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to actually promo against Jake because he has something coming to him right now and he knows about this and yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to lay it in right now. So Jake, I mean, I know you're listening to this. I know you are buddy. And I can't wait to have you back on the show again. It's going to be a nice conversation between you and me because there's a lot to be had, but since you're not here this week, I really do have to let you know this, this utter destruction nonsense that you've been talking about here with the Dallas Cowboys that got put to a head this Sunday night. This was your chance to really shut me up. My hater ass up as you like to call me. And, and what happened? We got the typical Dak Prescott interception game, the undisciplined defense, the penalties, the not elite coaching from Mike McCarthy. You guys were outwitted, outmatched, outclassed. And you want to shove it off as just like, oh, well, they, we, we just didn't feel like it today. No, 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 no. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do that whenever you feel like it. You have to call it for what it is. The San Francisco 49ers, you are just not on their level at all. Okay? And I don't see anything changing. Oh, we didn't feel like it. What, you're just going to feel like it all of a sudden in the playoffs? We got to go up to Santa Clara again and play at Levi Stadium? You don't think that place is going to be rocking? You don't think San Francisco is going to be like, you know what? We'll we'll give you another round. You want another you want another uppercut? We'll give you another uppercut. You need to recognize that your team is not on the level of a team like the San Francisco 49ers. And I need you to recognize that. And I know you won't, but it's okay because it's going to happen in the end. When you all meet up again in the playoffs, it'll be in Santa Clara, it'll be at Levi Stadium. And we're going to see the exact same thing. And you're going to have to acknowledge that, Jake. You will have to acknowledge me, as my tribal chief would say. You will acknowledge me, Jake. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Just get ready because it's going to happen. My rant is over. I came back. Uh, yeah, sorry. I have uh, little fur babies that were acting up out there in the living room. I heard them scratching up on some stuff. So I ran out there to to make sure they weren't scratching up my sofas any more than they normally do. Um, I also thought I wanted to take that time to check and make sure, okay, well, maybe they're begging for attention to see if their food or water dishes were low. They're doing just fine. So thank you for that, that little break. Sorry for the audience that I had to step away, but, um, I can't wait to, to listen to this rant, uh, when the recording is posted, cause I'm sure it was amazing, but, uh, let's get into some week six. Yeah. And I didn't even have to yell. So that's the even better part. So it's even more menacing, but yes, let's, let's get into week six here. Um, real quickly, I know you told me your game of the week this week is the Detroit Lions and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Creamsicle week. Um, we'll talk about that at the end, as that's the case for this show when we pick our games of the week. So that'll be yours. We'll talk about that towards the end. Uh, my game of the week is going to be the Seattle Seahawks traveling to face the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk about those two games after we run down the entire card. But let's start off with Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. It's the one and four Denver Broncos losing to Nathaniel Hackett, traveling to face the Kansas City Chiefs or the Kansas Swifty Chiefs, uh, as Brandon says here, uh, sitting at four and one at Arrowhead. And again, as you being special guest co-host, I'm going to let you go first here on who you think is going to win this matchup. So as I was going through these matchups uh, again, I, I didn't take any of this lightly. Uh, I, you know, I, I would like to to get as many of these correct as I possibly can. 
Uh, like I said, as, as a special guest, I don't think I'm in the runnings for overall standings. So I'm, I'm gambling with house money here. Uh, I chose the Kansas Swifty Chiefs over the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are, they're just not it this year, man. Uh, they haven't been for the last couple of seasons. Uh, this is not the, the Broncos of old where you had Peyton Manning at the helm, uh, with, with that unstoppable defense that they Mm -hmm. had in the, in the 2015 and 2016 years. Um, I don't really know what needs to change. I don't have too much stake in the, in the, in the matter. Um, say what you will about Russell Wilson. Is, is he getting up there in age? Is, has he lost his touch? I mean, the guy can still produce two, 300 yard games. Um, Mm. and and he's definitely connecting with his receivers and, and getting them in the end zone for sure. Um, so, so say what you will about that. Uh, maybe it's more of the, the defense allowing too much points. Um, it's, it's not the same team as it was. And uh, Kelsey right now is uh, he's questionable for tomorrow's game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know the extent of, of that ankle injury or if he's going to, if he's going to suit up at all. Uh, either way, they're in Arrowhead. Uh, I got to, I got to pick the Chiefs on this one. What's the over under that we see Taylor Swift in the suite? They're, they are at Arrowhead. And I know Taylor Swift's got her movie coming out, so I'm not sure when her premiere is. Might have been tonight, but if she's there, this could be this could be, as Jake says, utter destruction. Um, as you mentioned, Denver. Um, I know Russell's not the problem per se, but he's also, as Colin Coward says, he he doesn't look to be the solution either. Um, he fumbled mm-hmm. on that last play and that got the Jets the victory. Um, there's already talk on the inside of the team that they're. You know, they're, they're thinking Pey- Sean Payton's going to tear down this roster and trade pick uh, trade players away for picks and all that stuff, kind of thinking about next season. Um, the Chiefs should win this handily, but it also is the divisional game. And the one thing with these Thursday night games also is that there's always a team that comes out flat and then the other one kind of like surprises. So I kind of don't see that happening this week, but it's something to keep an eye on. But I got the Chiefs as well. You got it. I'm good with that one. I have no more closing uh, or any more statements to to come out and pass along there. All right, cool. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday games. We do have an early international game. I think it's in London again um, at 830 in the morning or depending where you're at, folks, it's going to be on the NFL network. It's the three and two Baltimore Ravens traveling to face the two and three Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with this one. Baltimore. Uh, has played really solid these last couple of weeks. Um, they're kind of going a little bit under the radar. Um, but the thing with the Ravens for me is always like injuries that pile up. I know we don't have OBJ and they lost their running back, but you still have Lamar Jackson. And if you're giving me quarterback versus quarterback with Tannehill, I'm always, I'll always go with the better quarterback. Uh, and I think Lamar will get this team roll into four and two. Cause right now I think they're sitting on top of the NFC North or actually, no, you know what? Pittsburgh, I think got the better of them. I think, but yep. still either way, it's a, it's a two-way tie for first and I don't see the Ravens dropping this game. So I got them. Uh, shout out to my brother, Devon Ravizy. Devon is a big, uh, he's, he's really big on the Ravens. He's a big Ravens guy. That's his team. Uh, this one was a head scratcher for me. I'm not going to lie. Um, mm. Cause historically, when you look at this, these two teams, whenever they match up, they're not division rivals. It's, it's a, this is going to be a very solid AFC conference game. They play each other like their division rivals. It's it's always very competitive for whatever reason. I agree. Between the Titans and, and the Ravens. 
Um, both of these teams are, are coming off of some some rough losses. Uh, yeah, the the Steelers in their division game last week against the Ravens uh, pulled off a last second win and and scored seventeen to ten. Steel Curtain was kind of pulled over Lamar Jackson and Jadavian Clowney. Sorry, Abe. Um, but um, I think both of these teams are going to show up pissed off. Uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill was connecting with uh, with DeAndre Hopkins a lot more, so they're starting to build that connection. Go figure. I had Hopkins sitting on my bench in fantasy football. Jackass. Mm. But anyway, um, you got the connection there, you got King Henry that you still have to slow down. Um, so I think if the Ravens focus on that and force Tannehill to throw the ball, I like, uh, I like Ravens pass defense. Historically, it's, it's been great. It's not what it used to be in the, mm. uh, you know, the, the Ed Reed and Ray Lewis days, but um, they're still a force to be reckoned with. And I, and I think they're, they're going to be reeling from that division loss. I, I think they're going to come ready to bring it. They're going to be at each other's throats, but I got, I got Ravens sticking this one. You got this one being low scoring as well, just like the Steelers game was. Or, I mean, I'm um, not asking you to predict the score. Just saying, I'm just saying, do you think it's going to be one of those type of games? In the first half, maybe. I, I think the offenses are going to start to pick it up in the second half. Okay, cool. All right, next up, we got the noon games, or depending where you're at, folks. Let's start off with the two and three Washington Commanders traveling to face. The Atlanta Falcons at three and two. I'll let you take this one. Desmond Ritter and the Dirty Birds. You're a Desmond uh, Ritter guy? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I I will honestly say, like, for, for this class of rookies, they're doing pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, records aside, uh, Desmond Ritter, uh, Anthony Richardson, even though he's hurt, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, CJ Stroud over in Houston, these, yeah. these kids are, they're picking up quick. Mm-hmm. um give it give it some time they they may develop i i don't want to put it out there too early but um you know they they might actually turn into something they they may be formidable you know when it comes to again the topic of generational quarterbacks for you know for this generation but um yeah the the dirty birds are so far i believe undefeated at home and they are going to be in atlanta mm-hmm. uh Again, you you got the one-two punch with uh, Tyler Algier and uh, Bijan Robinson with uh, with the run game that uh, that Commanders have to worry about. Um, and then you also got to focus on Drake London and, and the receiving game. So, um, Grant, mind you that when it comes to the Commanders' defense, they're they're no pushover, they're no joke. Um, but I think uh, I think I'm going to give the edge to uh, to Atlanta here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite only because I have a couple of narratives. Um, so they're playing the NFC South and I'm hoping the Bucks do come up on top. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Um, so if they can start to like, you know, creep away from the second, third place teams, that would be good for them. I'm also just going to take another risk on Washington. I did this a couple of weeks ago with them and the Eagles, which uh, I looked foolish. I mean, Abe and Jake were laughing at me, but that game ended up being like a nail biter went into overtime. So I'm hoping this Washington defense can maybe rattle Desmond Ritter a little bit, maybe throw a couple of interceptions. Um, I'm going to go with the commanders, but it's, it's not a confident pick, but I'm taking a risk. I'm going to, I'm going to interject one more uh, really quick before we move on. I'm going to second that notion about your narrative because mm-hmm. 
now that we have fallen two games uh, and Philly is leading the division undefeated, right. uh, the less wins that our other NFC East competitors can get, the better. So I'm going I'm to wholeheartedly say it on the on the line too for the NFC East. I I cannot in good conscience cheer for the Commanders. I I will give them the props. Fair I'll enough. say they'll have a good defense. Sam Howell has been performing fairly well, but I, I cannot in good conscience pick the uh, conscience pick them to win. So fair enough. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give I will you that. second. I will second you on that 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 narrative there. Okay. All right. Next up, we got the one in. Okay. Well, first, let's do this wrestling wise. This is a in the race for Caleb Williams matchup. It's the one in four Minnesota Vikings traveling to face the one in four Chicago Bears. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Justin Jefferson's been placed on IR four so, weeks. So this doesn't look good for the Vikings at all. I think the Bears are going to play hard. Um they they did look um I forgot if they were on the bye last week or if they played. But either way, I think I do see the upside here for Chicago being at home. They'll have the home crowd and Kirk Cousins not having Justin Jefferson is going to be a huge deal because I mean, I know he's got that Addison guy, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears here. I don't really have much to say on it just because, um, yeah, these two teams are not trending in the right direction. I also selected the Bears as my pick for this game. Uh, they had a, a very solid showing. What was it, like 42 or 40 to 20 against the the previously aforementioned Washington Commanders on Thursday night? Oh, that's night right. They were, they were the Thursday night game last week. Yep. Um. I think they're slowly going to start figuring it out uh, as long as uh, Justin Fields can keep moving in the right direction, connecting with his receiver, DJ Moore. Um, Khalil Herbert, I believe is on, or he's like in a questionable status or he's on IR right now. I I think he's hurt. Mm -hmm. Let me pull it up here really quick. Um, But while I'm pulling that up, um, yeah, JJ being out for four weeks, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings is going to be a huge loss. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to now have to rely heavier on their run game with with Madison, who to me I feel hasn't been performing the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, Addison could could step up to play that wide receiver one role, but you know he's he's had some good showings and he's been in the end zone before for this season. So I think the Bears are going to pick up on that and and try to single him out. And then who do you have left besides the tight end that they picked up or the acquisition from, uh, from Detroit uh, Hawkinson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's not a, that, that is, that is a tall task to tackle for, for the Minnesota Vikings. It's not going to be an easy feat for sure. Um, And the thing for the Vikings also, like, let's say you said uh, Justin Jefferson is going to be on IR for like four weeks. Mm-hmm. What if the Vikings lose their next four games or one in eight? Like maybe they just shut him down for the year. Like why rush it to come back if you're already like kind of out of the playoff picture and then you can start to sell off some assets and see what kind of picks you can get because then you'll really be in the sweepstakes for Caleb Williams. Well, if that's the case, um, you know, you, you had you had brought it up and, and I hadn't done too much extensive research on on this aspect of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Khalil Herbert. I'm sorry. Let me take a step back really quick. Khalil Herbert is out. He's doubtful. He didn't practice today uh, with his ankle injury, which was the, the latest report via ESPN, uh, which sucks because both him and JJ are on my fantasy team and mm. I have to bench them both. 
Yikes. God bless. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know if, if JJ has already signed a, a big contract with Minnesota already. He has not. Um, you were you were talking about trade deadlines, so maybe you know maybe, maybe it's just frustration, and, and maybe he wants out of the team, and maybe he shows out and hopes that somebody else will come in and and you know talk to him about about making a trade so yeah there's, there's that possibility yeah they're going to be a team to watch definitely at the trade deadline all right next up we got the five and oh san francisco 49ers traveling to face the cleveland browns at two and two um go ahead and take this one brandon uh short and sweet and to the point bang bang niner gang uh i i think that they're just they're they're too good in all aspects of football right now. They they're they're on a roll. Uh, they're the only thing that I can see being their downfall is that they they take too much pride in the the ass whooping that they handed America's team last week. Uh, that they kind of overlook this uh, this Cleveland Brown in their defense. The the Browns have 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 had some pretty solid showings this season, oh, uh, sure. especially the twenty four and three. I think what was it week one victory over the the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, who were just in the AFC Championship game earlier this year. I mean that's that's noteworthy. So um, they they have to continue riding this wave of momentum the right way. They they can't overlook anybody. Um, that's the only thing that I can see being their downfall. But I I have them picking this this I have them winning this game. Um, I'm gonna say this is a little bit of a trap game, but not for the reasons you think. I, I think in terms of like possible injuries and stuff, I think this is going to be a really like physical game. The defenses, like you said, for both sides are really good. I'm interested interested to see how Brock Purdy is going to perform against like a Miles Garrett, who's going to be rushing at him like with everything that he's got. So, and I know Brock Purdy's a pretty pretty quick releaser of the ball, but it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm only picking the 49ers uh, just because they are the better roster, but also. We still don't know the status of Deshaun Watson. I know he was medically cleared like two weeks ago, but he hasn't played, which is kind of weird. And a lot of the media is questioning that as well. And the team that reportedly didn't like that as well. So um, I don't like them for personal reasons because of Deshaun Watson, which we don't have to get into. But uh, yeah, I can see the 49ers winning pretty easily here. You still got that narrative. It's all right. Narrative, Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up we got the three and two New Orleans Saints traveling to face the two and three Houston Texans. Um, let me start off on this one. Oh man, the Texans, they had it last week. CJ Stroud made one of those nice game winning drives, but then unfortunately their defense just gave it up to the Falcons and they were able to come back and win at the last second. Um, they're at home this week. And I think uh People are overvaluing Derek Carr a little bit. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Stroud pulls through here and is able to keep this one close and just itch it away just because they are at home. I, I like the Texans here. Uh, I'm gonna pull something up here really quick. While I do that, I, I realize um, if I if I can take a moment to circle back uh, talking about the uh, the Falcons Commanders game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Houston Houston's defense is also been shown to be a force to be reckoned with uh, over the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Falcons were able to route them at, at the last minute with the, with the game winning field goal um, over a good defense. So that's kind of why 
another reason why uh, I gave them the edge um, for for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, for the for the New Orleans Saints, I think they have. That's why I'm looking to to fact check myself before I, I screw up here. But uh, Alvin Kamara is is playing again at, at mm-hmm. the running back position, right? Correct. They still have uh, Taysom Hill, Chris Olave. Um, they have they have a pretty they have a pretty solid offensive core, and, and their defense is not bad. Uh, you know, not bad to speak on either. Um, with their you know talking about a, a dominant victory that they had the previous week, all due respect, uh, with the New England Patriots there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with that same argument, the Patriots defense has has kind of been their redeeming factor uh, for this season, even though the offense and, and Mac Jones haven't been performing up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with Belichick being a def- defensive guy and – Derek Carr and the Saints office offense be able to drop 30 plus points on them. Uh, that is what led me to pick the Saints uh, for this matchup against uh, the Texans. Okay. Well, I don't have any argument there. Um, this could go either way, but I really like what I'm seeing from CJ Stroud. His, his uh, throw of the ball is just so beautiful to watch. Um, that guy flicks it like barely anything. And it's just to see the spiral going is just incredible to watch. And, Hopefully he continues to develop. And again, I think the Texans are going to surprise a lot of teams and they may not win all the matchups, but they'll keep it competitive. Cam Jordan. That's, that's, that's the name of the guy. I can remember mm. Cam Jordan on that defensive line. That's, yeah. that's who they got to watch out for. For sure. Yeah. You're coming after Stroud. Yeah. That guy used to give Brady fits uh, in Tampa. It's just, Oh, I hate that guy. Um, all right. Next up, we got another game that was on my watch for possible game of the week. Um, and this is the first, I think, rematch of the season. Um, and it's division, of course. It's the three and two Indianapolis Colts traveling to face the three and two Jacksonville Jaguars. These two have already played. Uh, they opened up the season. It was a close competitive game, but that was with Anthony Richardson. He's down with injury right now. So it's going to be Gardner Minshew. But Shane Steichen has done some pretty creative stuff here with this offense. Jonathan Taylor's back. Um, but go ahead, Brandon. I'm going to let you go first. I'm talking about this game. They do have they they did sign an they did come to terms uh and sign an agreement with Jonathan Taylor. Um Anthony Richardson being down, Gardner Minshew, Minshew Magic, Minshew Mania, whatever you want to call it. I don't think it makes too much of a difference. Uh divisional game. They are in Jacksonville. I think uh Duval is gonna be uh, a bit too much for them to handle. Again, uh, back-to-back overseas wins. Jacksonville is riding a wave of momentum right now. Um, Trevor Lawrence is starting to pick up pick up some speed. So I'm going. I'm I'm rolling with the Jaguars on this one. I am as well, but I'm I'm really expecting this one to be kind of a little bit high scoring. I don't know. I can just see it being this is an offensive shootout for some reason. But Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback, so I do got them winning and. Um, I got my bet going with Jake. If you've been paying attention to the show, we do have a wager this year on who's going to have the better stats, Trevor Lawrence or Dak Prescott. And just from a narrative standpoint, I'm hoping uh, Trevor throws a lot of touchdowns in this game. From a narrative standpoint, because I have Trevor Lawrence on my fantasy team, I'm going to start him over Russell Wilson this week. I I hope he has a good day. That's a a good good call right there. Um, 
have you all decided what uh what the blu-ray is going to be or you haven't picked yet um i know mine's going to be a 4k i just don't know what it's going to be but jake will have to pay up and i'm confident that i will win this bet all right next up we got the Owen five Carolina Panthers traveling to face my goodness, the four and one Miami dolphins. Um, I will go first here. I mean, geez, this Panthers team. Um, they're another in the running to get like first in the draft again with the way things are going. And there was something that coach Frank Wright of the Panthers said earlier this week. That was kind of alarming to some people don't know exactly what it entailed, but it had something to do with the quarterback. I don't think, I don't think Frank Reich and them really wanted Bryce Young. I think they may have wanted C.J. Stroud. There was video earlier this year of Frank Reich and C.J. Stroud talking and saying like, oh, like, you know, you'll have a home like in Carolina or something like that. So maybe that might have been the guy he wanted. Um, And then Miami's just a juggernaut right now of offense. Uh, I think they're going to run all rough shot over this Panthers team. I got them winning big in this one. So if you got Dolphins players in your fantasy lineup, this is a good one to put them all in. Uh, I have the kicker if that counts. <laughs> hey, points are points. I have the kicker. Um, <laughs> he's gonna get me uh, a point for every extra point that he kicks. So there's that. Maybe they'll score um, seventy again. <laughs> geez, imagine. Uh, shout out to David, uh, David Rodriguez. I know you're a big Panthers guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really sorry, buddy. Um. Things are not looking so great right now. Weren't they the number one? Weren't they the number one overall pick this they, year? They moved up to to get that guy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't really have too much stake uh, in the Carolina Panthers to to really kind of deep dive what they what they need right now um, in terms of like how they can start to turn things around. Um, there, there's really there's really not much you can do against, like I said, a very high powered explosive offense for all the reasons that I aforementioned uh, before we got into all of this, that, that Miami has. Yeah. Um, Keeping Tua healthy is, has definitely been good to them. And and as long as they continue to do so uh, that defense just needs to, to figure itself out and come into form. But this will be a, this will be a good game to, to kind of test that against a, against a low end, uh, you know, fully defeated team like the Carolina Panthers. So I'm also going to run with the Miami Dolphins here. All right. Next up, we got our three o'clock games or depending where you're at. It's the, uh, my one and four new England Patriots traveling to face, uh, the former offensive coordinator of the Patriots, Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders at two and three, they're coming off a victory on Monday night football against the Packers, but go ahead, Brandon, kick us off with this one. You got you got the OC versus Belichick, uh, also versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, um, I was almost going to ask you how well you think the reception was going to be for Jimmy G until I realized that this game was in Vegas and not in Foxborough. So I'm glad right. I didn't bring that up. But um, I mean, Jimmy G to Devonte Adams all day. You got Josh Jacobs in the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that. Unless uh, un- unless they they had a coming to Jesus moment within the last two weeks, and uh, unless the the Patriots turned things around really quick and and showed up to practice this whole week, uh, I got to give the edge to to the Raiders here. I have to as well. Um, historically, 
former coordinators that come back to face Belichick usually end up beating him. Mm. And that was even with Tom Brady. I remember when they played Matt Patricia when he was the coach of the Lions and they just took it to them for some reason. And that was with Tom Brady. Now you take that away and you figure last week should have been like the wake up call for them to play good against the Saints and they dropped the ball yet again. There's nothing to make me believe that they're going to have things ready to go this weekend. I think Jimmy and uh, Josh will dial up some pretty creative, unique plays uh, to throw the Patriots off guard. Um, and right now like they have the better roster. And I know the, the Raiders right now are kind of like, you know, they're not really much to celebrate either. Um, they got their issues, but against Belichick, they'll be a little bit more fired up and, those last couple of drives in that Monday night game, the Raiders were like, you know, where Carr or not Carr, where Garoppolo was finally connecting with Devontae, and you'll see a lot more of that. So I'm with the Raiders, unfortunately. See, Jake, it's okay to be unbiased against your team. It's okay to not pick them all the time. Doesn't mean you don't love them, but you can just call it for what it is. Said enough on that. Really quick, before we continue, um, I noticed that you haven't been uh, addressing the the picks that the boys are making. Or do you want to? I will. I will. I will. I will. I will add their picks in the post. Don't worry. And I know they're going to think, "Oh, you forgot about us." Like, no, I have all your stuff. I need to line it up, and I'll add it in post. Don't worry. All their stuff will get mentioned in the show. All right, let's move on here. Next, we got the. One in four Arizona Cardinals, another team to watch on the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, traveling to face the Los Angeles Rams at two and three divisional game. Let me kick this one off here. The Rams are looking pretty good with Cooper Cup back in the mix, and you got Puka Nakua, who's uh in the line for running for offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um they they have the better roster, the better coach. I know the Arizona Cardinals have been playing hard, but now they're on the road. Um, or maybe they might have more fans since they're in SoFi. And, you know, the Rams, even though they're at home, they seem to always have the opposing team have more fans in the stands. So we'll see about that. But I expect the Rams here to handle some business and get back up to 500 and end up at 3-3. Three and three. So I got the Los Angeles Rams. This is a good uh, uh, NFC West divisional matchup here. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, we Arizona Cardinals, without a doubt, are going in as the underdogs, and and we've seen what they can do when they're the underdogs. A la my Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, Jake. Um, so I think it's gonna be they're they're gonna put up more of a fight than a lot of people think. Uh, with that being said, I I don't think that it's enough to to take down this this hot red uh, Los Angeles team that's stringing along some some victories here. Um, I also got to go with the Rams. Um, who do they have at their run game? I know it's not Cam Akers anymore. Who who are they relying on as their as their main back? Oh my gosh, you're you're gonna stump me here. I have no idea who their running back is right now. Um, no worries, I have the power of the internet. Give me like two seconds. I was gonna say Van Jefferson, but that was a receiver, right? That they just traded away or something like that, I believe. He's a, he was a receiver, was he not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I was thinking he was a running back. I don't claim to know everything about the NFL folks. So there are a couple of things I stumble on, but for the most part, I think I can talk pretty much NFL with the best of them. Jake. Uh, Kyron Williams. Oh my gosh. I totally would not have guessed that at all. He's a, I think he's a, is he a rookie? Most likely. I know uh, most of their team are rookies. 
That doesn't sound like a name that I've heard in past seasons. Let's see. Yep, good chance he's a rookie. If not, at least in his sophomore season. Kid's only 23 years old from Notre Dame College. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we're both on the Rams this week. I, 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 I'm selecting the Rams, yes. Okay, cool. All right, next up we got the uh, 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles traveling to face the New York Jets at 2-3. and Jets feeling themselves here a little bit after that victory against the Broncos. But go ahead and kick us off with this one, Brandon. Again, my narrative. <laughs> it, it's going to kill me to say this, but it's it's really hard right now to bet against the Philadelphia Eagles with what they're doing. Um, defensively, sure, the Jets might have a chance. Um but you still have to remember this is a Zach Wilson-led offense. Um, I think that with the way that Dallas had their way with them back in week two, um, you know, Philly's not shy of of having a, a very similar performance. So I got to give this one with as much reservation as I can to the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know why a part of me – it's kind of wanting to go Jets just because I know the Eagles aren't going to go undefeated. If there's anything that's probably going to go undefeated, it's the Niners. Um, the Eagles are eventually going to drop some games. I mean, we know the ones that they probably could drop would be like, you know, one to Dallas. You know, the Commanders could have been one. I don't know. I I kind of like this matchup here for both defenses. And, you know, the Jets, momentum could be a real thing, and them winning that game against Denver could really be, like, their rallying cry. And, you know, as Aaron Rodgers continues to give the team hope that he's going to re- return back somehow this season, which would be, like, a miracle in itself. Um, I-, I don't think it's going to happen, by the way, but he's giving that team that inkling that he's going to come back. You know, they're going to – I think they're going to they're gonna play hard for each other. They're um, – like I said, they, they got that win for Nathaniel – and they could ride that wave, but I'm going to pick the Eagles with all that being said. All um, that being said. <laughs> but I know a part of me is just my heart wants to pick the Jets, but my, my brain knows the right thing to do here, and it's it's Philly. Part of me is looking up here really quick. Um, give me just a second here. I'm sorry, folks. Um what are you looking up? They, where did they play this first matchup? Philly versus uh, Washington. Were they in Washington? I believe it was in Washington. Never mind. Then I was going to say if they were in Philly, they have to play at least one more time against each other. And if they're going back to Washington, there's a good chance Washington could pull a fast one on them as uh-huh. well. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. So I'm going to rebuke that statement real quick. Um, other than that, I I don't have any more statements for this matchup. All right, cool. Let's move into the Sunday night game, which oh, I don't even know why this is on the docket for NBC. What were they thinking with this scheduling? Uh, it's the one and four New York Giants traveling to face the three and two Buffalo Bills. Oh. Now, <laughs> I don't know who thought to put Danny Dimes, or I don't even know why I'm calling that Daniel Jones up against Josh Allen in prime time. Um, this is going to be a route by the Bills. This is going to be this one of those Jake utter destruction games. 
The Giants are a complete mess on all sides of the ball, including their offensive line, who they just can't protect Daniel Jones for a lick. And that defense is going to have their way. I think Von Miller's back in the mix, and this Buffalo team is going to start. And I'm pretty sure they're pissed off from losing to the Jaguars last week. So mm-hmm. this is just going to be another one of those, like, why is this on prime time? Let's flip the channel. It's, it's done by halftime. Bills, big. Um, I, I can't disagree with that. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Von Miller went to London and, and dressed out for that Jags game. So, um, you know, maybe that was just a warm up for him, just kind of mm-hmm. getting back in the swing of things. Cause yeah. I feel like that was his first game coming back from injury. Um, that being said, this New York matchup can't root for the Giants. Uh, sorry, Bob and Lisa, if, if y'all are going to be listening to this. Um, I, I did, by the way, try to market this, uh, this podcast as much as I could to people who come into work and people that I work with. So, um, hopefully we got some, some ears on this episode, um, and some more episodes going forward for you here, pal. But, um, yeah, the, the Giants are not I, – I don't know what happens. Uh, they almost looked promising the first few snaps of the first game, and then they just kind of fell apart. Um, I know their defense started showing some life. They had two turnovers against uh, Tua last week, one for a pick six. Mm-hmm. But I agree that the the Buffalo defense is just going to be way too overwhelming for that offensive line and for Daniel Jones. Uh, they're going to be coming for him all night. Uh, and then, of course, you got Josh Allen with everything that he's capable uh, of on the offensive side of the ball. I'm picking the Bills as well. Yeah. Whoever was making the schedule, who thought that this was a Thursday or a Sunday night game? You know, I, I understand, like, with the Jets and Chiefs, it was supposed to be Mahomes versus Aaron. I get that. And we, whatever happened, happened. But, you know, couldn't they could have at least they could have put Kansas City and Denver on here. You know, Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes. You know, you look at it on paper in preseason and all that stuff. But what in the world were, were they thinking with this? Daniel Jones versus Josh Allen? No. And you want to talk about Von Miller? That was a warm-up last week. He can pad up his stats this week and get some sacks with that pathetic offensive line of the mm-hmm. Giants. It's just so bad. Oh, this might be a this might be a skippable game for me, but there's too much. You know, I love the NFL too much. I'll probably tune in. But if it turns into a route quick, I'll, I'll watch something else. Um. All right, let's get to the Monday night game. Uh, should be a good one. This was another one on the possible docket for game of the week, but I had other ideas and other things that I wanted to talk about. But it's a good one. It's the three and two Dallas Cowboys traveling to face the Los Angeles Chargers at two and two. The Kellen Moore revenge game. Brandon, kick us off. Uh, I really quick before I deep dive into this game. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Miguel from the Palladium days. I do. Um, I know he follows this pod. Uh, he reached out to me and listened to the one that we did uh, regarding Mortal Kombat uh, uh-huh. on your main show, Palace Off the Top Rope. Um, so shout out to Miguel. Uh, I, I hit him up. I, I know he's going to be listening to this one. Uh, Miguel is a, is a very, very passionate Chargers fan. I do uh, remember this. Yeah. So before I deep dive into this game, uh, my friend, if you're listening, I, I just want to give you the, the world of respect um, as, I, as I go into my pick here. Um, I am going to go with my Dallas Cowboys over your Los Angeles uh, Los Angeles Chargers. There's so many California teams nowadays. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, here's the reason why. Uh, 
This is a good bounce back game for Dallas, not for the reasons that you would probably think. It's not bounce back in terms of, oh, this is just going to be an, an easy victory where the the opponent is just a nobody. No, we're you're going up against a very talented offense led by Justin Herbert. You've got Austin Eckler in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You got the likes of Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer. Gregory Everett, this is this is a tall task for the defense to to face here. This is not this is not going to be one of those. Hey, we're going to go and beat up on a Daniel Jones. We're going to go and beat up on a Zach Wilson. We're we're going to go and beat up on a Mac Jones. No, uh, Justin Herbert is a very very competent quarterback. This is a good opportunity for Dak to start showing that he can turn it around. To start showing that he can play every down of football that he can play every quarter of football, that he can drive down the field without having to rely so heavily on his defense causing so many turnovers. Um, the defense, of course, is going to be the biggest edge in this game, 1,000%, but this is a good step-up game for Dak. Um, the worst is already behind you, right? The the You've already faced, in my opinion, you've already faced your toughest opponents in the San Francisco 49ers. Uh Joey Bosa right now is listed as uh, questionable um, for Monday night's game, but whether he suits up or not, you already have experience playing against a Bosa show. So you should kind of know what to expect there. Um, As long as Dak can play mistake free football, I think the Dallas Cowboys have a fighting chance historically I know that they're capable and they have beaten Los Angeles Chargers on the road in LA. I'm going with my boys on this one. All all the world of respect to Miguel. I know they're your guys. I think we're both in agreement. This is going to be a solid Monday night game. Going with them boys. All the points you made are super valid. And it was actually one of the things that I wanted to go a little bit more into. You said you said this is a good bounce back game for Dak and I'll tell you why because we all know about the Chargers offense and and Kellen Moore and all that stuff like that's not never been the problem with the Chargers their problem has always been on the defensive side of the ball and these teams that can get away on third and longs on this team and are able to drive the ball and score points we saw a la Miami where they were going back and forth there was just no defense from the Chargers and this coming from a team that has a defensive minded coach and Staley. So I don't know why he can't get his side of the ball right. And this is just landing perfectly for Dak to have a type of game where this is where you can see a three, four touchdown type game. I think it's going to be super high scoring. But with that being said, I'm going to stand up here for Miguel and I'm going to say the Los Angeles Chargers will get the win because I believe in Justin Herbert more in delivering that big epic play. And I trust that Kellen Moore is going to have a ridiculous amount of trick plays, creative plays to really throw this Dallas defense for a loop and throw them off guard. And don't be surprised if there's one of these crazy plays that that's what ends the game is like just this play that you just did not think was going to happen. And Kellen Moore will have his revenge. Um, But Dak will have a great game that I will say at least. So, but I'm going with the chargers. So your 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 stance on this is that it's going to be somewhat of a shootout. 
yes. between Dak and oh, Justin. Absolutely. I don't think defense is going to have anything to do with this game on both sides. I think I think if uh, I think if Kellen Moore can keep the defense on their toes and cause them to make mistakes like they were making in the 49ers game where they were just offsides and causing unnecessary penalties, um, then yes, I, I I will say that that you 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 make a you make a fair assessment in in your pick. Um, I think that Micah and the defense is gonna gonna come in dialed in. I think that they're embarrassed. Um, they if they believe their own hype as much as they make us believe, um, with all of our defensive guys always talking about, hey, we know what we have the capability to be. We we know where we want to be. We know who we want to be. Okay, if you believe all of that hype this is the game to show up and do it in because this is not, again, this is not a team where you can just show up and have your way with and just trounce. This is a playoff formidable team and you need a win like this to validate statements that you guys are making as far as being where you want to be and being who you want to be as a team, as a unit, as a defense, what have you. Um, also, I didn't get to mention this, but um, Vanderish is out, right, for this game. I don't know how much. I don't know how much difference that makes, but that's another key part of your defense. So, again, I'm expecting it to be a shootout all the way around. Dak will have a tremendous game, but yeah, um, <laughs> Herbert, Kellen Moore, I can't pick against that. All right, um, sure. we, we got our final. Two games of the week here. We can start off with mine. It's going to be the two, I'm sorry here, the three and one Seattle Seahawks traveling to face the two and three Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so this is my game of the week. I'll kick, kick it off with the analysis here. I know the Seahawks are three and one, but I need to see a little bit more out of them. And this is why I chose this game for this specific reason. I want to see if Seattle can go on the road against a Cincinnati team that Looks like they're coming back to form. I mean, at least that's what it looked like last week with Burrow just connecting with Jamar Chase all over the place. And we know Cincinnati historically has had these slow starts and then they pick it up and then they make a run to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Um, I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, And I think the Seahawks, I think, are a little overvalued. And I think Joe Burrow's going to come finally come back and he's going to put that injury behind them, even though it's still kind of lingering uh, and they're going to connect again with Chase and, and Higgins and Mixon and all those characters. Um, I'm going with the Bengals here. This um, there were two games that were head scratchers for me when it came to making my, my week six picks. The first one we already covered in the Ravens and the Titans. This was the second game um, for that very reason. Uh the the Seattle Seahawks are the only team that have handed the Detroit Lions their only loss of the season thus far. Correct. I don't know about you. When I take a look at this team, when I took a look specifically at the journeyman himself, Geno Smith, with however many teams he's been with in the league thus far, this is another one of those scenarios where you made that trade with Geno Smith and you sent Russell Wilson over to Denver And a lot of people might have been thinking to themselves that Seattle was getting the shorter end of the stick with Geno Smith. I think that this guy 
is playing like he's got something to prove. Mm-hmm. You have K9, Kenneth Walker at, at in the backfield. You've got the likes of DK Metcalf, who's a force to be reckoned with. You have a receiver veteran in Tyler Lockett. And even though it's not the Seattle defense of old, it's not the Legion of Boom by any means. Seattle's defense um, have known to, to get into some fights. This was very, very tough to come to a conclusion on. But when I when it when it all was said and done, and, and what it boils down to is they're going to be playing in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow is is gelling with his wide receiver one, Jamar Chase. You got Joe Mixon in the mix uh, that that needs to start stepping it up. I think I think this offense is slowly but surely starting to wake up uh, and becoming the playoff contending Cincinnati Bengals team that everybody knows. I'm going with the Bengals on this game. Yeah, um, all good, good points there. Can't really argue with any of it. And originally, my Bengals, the Bengals were my Super Bowl pick. Uh, I know we revised it because of injuries to Aaron Rodgers and all that. So I made a quick change, but I still have one more change. And if the Bengals do end up, you know, becoming the team that I think that they're gonna be, I'll revise my pick back to the Bengals in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Um, but yeah, that that's that was my game of the week. We can move on to Brandon's, which is the four and one Detroit Lions traveling to face my other team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three and one. Creamsicle uniforms return, a classic look. But Brandon, kick us off on this game. Your game of the week. So I chose this as my game of the week, despite uh the Cowboys playing the Los Angeles Chargers, which should be a hell of a Monday night game. Uh I feel like I've been saying this a lot. Sorry, Jake. Um, I'm still in the Cowboys. Don't worry. Um, but I've, I've also, we were discussing a little while ago, I'm very high right now on the Detroit lions. Uh, I like what I'm seeing out of them. Uh, they're, this is going to sound crazy. This may sound crazy to you. This may sound crazy to a lot of people. To me, when I look at this matchup, I'm seeing, this is like my Colorado versus Oregon. Okay. In, in a sense. I see this as a game where I made the points earlier. Yes, the the Detroit Lions dethroned the Super Bowl champs in the season opener on Thursday Night Football. They dethroned Aaron Rodgers and uh, eliminated him from playoff contention at the end of last season. Unfortunately, the Detroit Lions are not going to play against the like they'll play against the Cowboys later on this season, but they're not going to play against the likes of like the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers this year. Mm-hmm. This is a game where the Detroit Lions need this win to legitimize themselves as as actual playoff contenders and not just be all smoke and mirrors that everybody's just hyping up. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about a 4-1 post-Brady era Tampa Bay Buccaneers team who are playoff contenders, who have legitimized themselves, who are Super Bowl champions within the last three years. This this is a very high stakes important game for the Detroit Lions. You got right Ryan, Ryan Gosling. You got Jared Goff. <laughs> Ryan Gosling in the movie, maybe. Maybe. I would be disappointed if they didn't. Anyway, you got Jared Goff, Sam Laporta. You've got uh 
oh my God, I, I forget the running back's name. And it pisses me off because I had the rookie Jameer Gibbs and he's hurt and he hasn't been re- producing much this season. Um, but you have their running back that has just been running all over the place. You have Amon Ross, St. Brown, and the rest of that receiving core. The defense, who also acquisitioned, uh, I don't remember specifically which one it was, but I know that they, they've they got one of Philly's boys in the secondary it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a big battle. I'm gonna go with the Lions Den over your boys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Fun uh, fact for you. Fun fact. Just up? like I know you have family in Tampa, mm-hmm. my grandfather on my dad's side is from Michigan. So I have I have, you have a little bit of Michigan. you have a little bit of stake in it. There's 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 a connection there. Yeah. I, I can't claim them to be my team, nor am I claiming them to be my team, but I'm just saying there's there's that connection there. Okay. Um, I loved everything that you said about the Lions legitimizing themselves. I'm going to put the shoe on the other foot and also say that, and I know you you gave great points about the Bucks. They've won the Super Bowl in the last couple of years. Uh, they have leg- a legitimate team. But also, nobody believes in them. No, none of the media talks about them. You know, I watch The Herd with Colin Coward. That's like my show that I watch every, every day spiritually. Um, and they fail to also recognize what the, this Bucks team is doing. Like they just, they don't want to acknowledge it. They don't want to believe in it. So I think for the Bucks, they do need to legitimize themselves with this win also, because I think Detroit's going to end up being a playoff team. Um, the Buccaneers lost to the Eagles a couple of weeks ago on Monday night football. And that was kind of like a, uh, like maybe they were a little bit exposed. Um, so they need to win this game to prove that they can keep up with these top teams in the NFC because if they can't win this game, then all of a sudden you're like, well, can the Bucks only beat up on team or not beat up, but just win these games that are not against like top level talent, which I'm starting to put the Lions in that tier, even though you you still think they need to be legitimized. But they've proven themselves. They beat the reigning champs and they're sitting on top of their division like handily. So for me, the Buccaneers, I, I'm going to be a homer. Uh, I, I think they can keep up here with the Lions if the defense can keep Jared Goff and they can stop him on one drive and Baker Mayfield can have one excellent drive here with Evans and Godwin and those guys. Uh, and just to keep themselves in contention for being a team to be noticed in the NFC. Uh, I got the Buccaneers, uh, but then if they don't win, I'll start have to really looking at them and realizing like what their actual ceiling is. But until then go Bucks, go creamsicles. The only, there's there's one point that I want to bring up um, in terms of why I, I threw out the uh, the idea of the Lions being legitimized um, is there are going to be a lot of uh, there are going to be a lot of naysayers out there right that are going to want to put different asterisks on those those big name wins that I had aforementioned over the Green Bay Packers last season and even the the opening against the the defending champs, the the Chiefs for this season. Um, it was the last game. Aaron Rodgers, we all knew, was pretty much on his way out from Green Bay at that mm-hmm. point. So so maybe he I don't want to say he held back. Maybe he didn't try as hard, or at least that's what I feel like the naysayers would say. And then, of course, not that long ago, you had the game against the Chiefs where a lot of people were making the excuse um, that Travis Kelsey wasn't in the game. And and they won by a singular point 
And if Travis Kelsey had been the game, I feel like a lot of people would have would have thought that that game would have had a uh, a different outcome. Mm. Um, that is why I'm saying that to 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 silence all of the noise um, and to to prove that these wins aren't flukes. Um, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are are a very well established team, and they're a perfect team to do that. They're also the only team in the NFC that, again, I feel is at that playoff cali- uh, caliber level uh, that they, they they can showcase themselves in because they're not going to, uh, aside from Dallas, they're not going to be playing against the undefeated teams of Philly or San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So this is a really good opportunity for them. Um, I want to ask you real quickly, and I, I know this is still sticking with the Buccaneers. But I'm just trying to get maybe like a little bit of an outside perspective. What, what is it that you think that the the media is not seeing or not really wanting to talk about this team? And and just going on based on what we've seen the first four weeks from this team, like why do you think they just – is it because of Baker? Is that is that all it is? Just because they, they, they've seen that he hasn't really delivered in the past, but he's what he's doing now, you can't deny that. One thousand percent. I think it is Baker Mayfield and it, it's not so much his player capability as much as I think it is his character. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 can be a, a little arrogant or, or more arrogant for his known good. At least he has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen too many of his postgame interviews uh, as far as him being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So I can't speak of anything too recent, but that that could that is that is my swing as far as like why a lot of people don't seem to cover this team as much is because they're they're sticking away from from Mayfield for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it because anybody else like if this was like a you know whoever Houston Texans if let's say they were three and one or the Colts or whoever but like you, they would recognize it but for some reason with the Bucks are like no nah, no nah, well they. They they can't be good because they don't have Tom Brady anymore. But it's like it wasn't just. I mean, I love Tom Brady to death. You you know that more than anybody. Mm-hmm. But they have the pieces around. They have they have a great defense. They have you know incredible weapons. And I just don't see why like everybody was like just right away like just writing them off and all that stuff. So uh, I mean, hopefully they pull if they pull it off if they win Sunday. Can you agree like the the media has to start like talking about them a little bit more? I'm not saying they have to dominate the headlines, but they have to talk about them a little bit more now. They're they're definitely worth uh, a mention. I, I feel like they didn't get the the recognition they deserved uh, despite the loss against Philly. I, I really think that they they fought their hearts out in that game. Uh, a couple of key plays here and there um, could have possibly turned it into a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I mean, yeah, you you have the the media surrounding the the Lions team right now. Um, again, I, I don't want them to be just this flash and flare team. Uh, I, I think they, they need to, I, th- I think they have the potential to be a, a, uh, a top contender in the postseason. This is another point I want to make in that. But, uh, if, if the Buccaneers do pull off this win, uh, on Sunday, I, I don't think there's any, I don't, I don't think there's any reason why analysts, shouldn't start to to at least speak on them a little more than they have been over the course of this season for sure i mean Uh, my god they uh, freaking on the herd they had the panthers with a better record than the bucks right now and like they won't even acknowledge that they were wrong on that the panthers are sitting at zero and five like come on like 
Mm-hmm. Give the Buccaneers a little bit of respect. <laughs> Speaking of the 0-5 Panthers, I'm, I'm looking at the record right now. The Lions smoked the Pan- uh, the Panthers last week, 42-24. to mm-hmm. they've, they've beaten up against a, uh, a hit-or-miss Green Bay Packers team, and then they've they beat a Travis Kelsey less Taylor Swift less uh <laughs> Kansas Swifty Chiefs team. Um their only loss again is is to a uh to the Seattle Seahawks, who is also a, a legitimate contender. Can mm-hmm. we not agree on that? Like I I'll agree with you, yeah. It's it's not it's it's post uh Russell Wilson era, but I mean the Seattle Seahawks are not nobodies. Right. They're they're a formidable team, and that's the only loss they have on their record. So that is that is why I'm putting such a heavy emphasis on a, another playoff caliber, super caliber, Super Bowl caliber Bucks team mm-hmm. uh, to to be a, a very benchmark win uh, for the the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I may have to go back and watch the highlights of that Detroit Seattle game just to see how Seattle played it, and maybe the Buccaneers are going to hopefully look at that tape too as well. But again, I I really like love their defense. Um, their turnover turnover um, margin is good, and Baker's just been so good on third down, man. Like he, I think he's been the best third down quarterback in the entire league, and that that counts for a lot because we all know converting into first downs is is hard in the NFL. Um, so props to him for that. Um, those are our week six picks, folks. Um, really quick, yeah. Um. So for this game. We got Michigan, Tampa Bay, uh, in the spirit of Abraham Trevino, who could not be here today, uh, was really looking forward to me. I don't think I've ever meet, met Abe uh, formally in person. I've met Jake before for sure. So mm. would have been really cool to have the whole squad here um, for this special guest appearance. Abe, I promise that Jadavian Clowney line was not a shot. Um, I was just saying uh, in the spirit of Abraham Trevino, do you want to make a uh, a gentleman's wager on this uh, Bucks Lions game? Sure. Um, what what are, what are we thinking here? Uh, all I'm going to ask for is a two minute drive podcast T shirt. Okay. All right. Um, what do what do I get if I win though? Uh, name it. I'll go to um, I'll go to prowrestlingtees.com and I'll ship you whatever if you want. How about just uh? How about just this? How about just another appearance on uh, an, uh, an appearance on the '90s films turned thirty? You're you're. I'll let you pick the movie. Also, uh, '90s film. You want it for this season for for twenty twenty three? Yeah. So so yeah. It would, so it would be a tw- we could do twenty twenty three or we could save it for early next year if you want for a twenty twenty four movie, which would celebrate nineteen ninety four. This year we're celebrating nineteen ninety three. Um, I don't know how how big of a fan you are of Demolition Man, but I was thinking about doing that one pretty soon. Um, that one was know. another one of those classics that that would pop up <laughs> on like AMC or TNT yeah. back in the day. Um, okay, I, I may I may opt for '94 though because that's my birth year. So, okay. um, what speed? Maybe that's a, that's not a bad choice. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'll I'll take some speed. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that that sounded bad. I'm sorry for for the audio <laughs> listeners. I, I didn't mean that for that to sound like exactly what it was, but yeah, uh, an appearance on '90s films turn 30 and a uh, a two minute drive podcast T-shirt. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Well, that's enough football talk for now. And I, again, I appreciate you, Brandon, so much being on today's episode of the Two Minute Drive podcast, talking football with me. It's been a it's been a blast. But I can't end this episode. And I know this is a football show, but you and I are such wrestling fanatics that I could not leave this episode and us not talk about wrestling for a little bit. So let's turn off our football brains. Let's let's flex our muscles here. Let's get inside the squared circle. I want to get pick your brain just a, a little bit on on some stuff that you're enjoying on today's product on either side or even on the independent circuit. What are you watching these days? What's what's getting you pumped in the wrestling world? Um, I'm going to be 100% honest. I I'm I'm really just uh it's it's just a matter with my work schedule. It's just a matter of catching up on on highlights on everything on mm-hmm. on social media. Um. I don't, I don't ever get home in time to watch uh, a full episode of Monday Night Raw um, or NXT for that matter, or hell, even a, even a, a Dynamite. Um, I, have, I have been catching a lot of the Friday Night SmackDown shows and, and some of the AEW Collision. Uh, I know that there's a hot topic involving AEW and WWE that I'm sure you're itching to get into, but um, uh shocking news with with edge going over to right. jumping ship like i can't say i didn't see that coming it's just it's so hard to believe because i grew up with edge being such a wwe guy i mean like kids today who are listening to this are like like really really young kids uh, of this generation will not understand like thanos is your villain no the rated r superstar edge was my <laughs> villain growing up Going up against John Cena in 2006, like that, that was my edge was a heel heel. Um, So, so it's very hard to, to fathom him jumping ship. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy for the guy. I'm as, as a fan, I'm really excited that I get to continue to see him perform. Um, I really hope that Tony Khan doesn't use this as an excuse to reunite edge with Christian versus the Hardys at, Oh my god. AEW double or nothing in a tables, ladders, and chairs match and try to make it seem like it's never been done before. Yes, it has. Yeah. We've seen it. Um speaking of people jumping ship, um there's a lot of buzz surrounding a certain individual. So I'm I'm gonna let you take over from here because I I have a feeling you know exactly where I'm heading with this. So um uh, I, I want to know your thoughts on what's what of of things that are to come with a certain someone. I'll just say this. Not since the days of the Attitude Era, and I don't know how familiar you are with the Attitude Era, Brandon, but like, this is the most fun I've had watching wrestling since probably that time where there's just, there's so much, there's so much shows to watch now. Like back in the day, it was just like, you had Monday, and then if you were lucky enough to have UPN, you could watch SmackDown, which I didn't in Laredo, so I would have to either read up on it or catch the highlights on some show that they did like a live wire or something like that back in the day but now there's so much wrestling to watch mondays tuesdays wednesdays fridays saturdays uh all the pay-per-views and then you know with vince really no longer in the realm of stuff and triple h kind of taking over and the the shows are all watchable now like it used to be like oh like wwe was such a slog to get through but now everything's just so fun to watch and there's breadcrumbs everywhere and speaking of breadcrumbs like there's been a lot of hints at a possible return to wwe of cm punk 
which has gotten me super excited because I didn't want to see him gone from wrestling, despite how everything went down in AEW. Um, and I know there there's journalists and stuff putting that rumor to rest for right now, saying that that's not going to happen. But for me, there's just been so many hints on television for me to think like there has to be some sort of inch of that happening. It may not be like soon, like Survivor Series is the way everyone's predicting because it's in Chicago. But that doesn't mean that it has to be there. It could be at the Rumble, and by then we may not even be thinking about it, and then it'll pop up as a surprise. Just the idea of it would be incredible. It would be surreal just based on how things ended and a lot of the stuff that he said. Um, but I would welcome it with open arms, as would everybody else. For some people that are like, oh, I don't want to see it. Yes, you would. You would watch. You would tune in. Do not lie to yourself. If you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you will watch if he shows up on, on WWE television again. Do not lie to me for a second. But right now as a fan, it's it's super fun to watch everything. I'm not somebody that tries to play one side against the other. I enjoy it all. Um, do I favor WWE a little bit more? Yes, but only because I that was the wrestling I watched growing up and more of my favorite wrestlers are on that show. So that's probably why, but I watch dynamite every Wednesday. I watch collision every Saturday. Um, I just enjoy the hell out of watching wrestling right now. It's so, so much fun. It's, it's everything for everyone. There's we're, we're spoiled as fans. We're, oh, we're for sure. Fin- we're finally being fed. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're, I feel like we're finally living in a, well, not quite yet. I was going to say we're finally living in a society where being a wrestling fan is not weird. Uh, still a little, a little weird to to some people, but we're we're getting there. Not if uh, not if uh, not real quickly. Not if Taylor Swift finds a way. If WWE can rope her in for something, then all of a sudden the whole world will be wrestling fans, and we'll be like, yes. And I won't be a gatekeeper. I'll be like, yes. Everybody, come watch, watch and enjoy what we've all experienced uh, for years and years and years. The, the man Becky Lynch with Taylor Swift as her celebrity tag team partner versus uh, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville for the women's tag teams champions at WrestleMania. Make it happen. Don't tell me like with everything that we've seen from the NFL and how they've done to market it and, and the numbers that they're getting. Don't tell me that in the back of their mind somewhere it's like, hey, can we get her for something? Like even if it's to just sing the national anthem or something at a WrestleMania that would draw like such huge attention and eyeballs. So in the back of their mind, that's gotta be an idea at least. How many celebrity guests hosts have WrestleMania had? Have her be a celebrity guest host? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she would be up for it. That would be the other thing is if she would be into it, but I could see her like being like having fun and doing something like that. Even doing like a, Kim Kardashian kind of thing where she was like the backstage reporter for the night. yeah. Yeah. So, but now yet, like you're totally right. We're, we're so spoiled now as wrestling fans and imagine like if I had this as, you know, as a teenager growing up, I would just, and I, and I still don't leave the house to this day, but I for sure would not have gone out to do any parties or hang out with friends. I'd be like at home watching wrestling every day of the week. Um, I have a question too. Uh, I have a couple of things actually. So, uh, going back to, I forgot the one of the points that you made, but it, it made me think of this. Oh, with uh, with with Triple H fully taken over, and now Sean, uh, you know, heading at an NXT. Uh, there was a time where Ryder and I came over and we watched the um, 
what was it, the All In pay per view, uh-huh. where uh, CM Punk had his debut match against Darby Allen. Yes, but that was also the debut of uh, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. Correct. And I think Adam Cole jumped ship to AEW because he felt like he would have better opportunities. And and I love Adam Cole. To me, I feel like he's kind of just been a guy, even though he's he's had a phenomenal run with uh, Better Than You, Bebe, with uh, MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, still got to get me one of those shirts. I saw somebody come into work today wearing oh, that for shirt real? to work out. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, I popped. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I... I was all for it because we all thought, oh, yeah, no, there's no way WWE is going to bounce back from this. And then WWE turned into what it is now. And, and they more than than bounced back from that loss. And it's unfortunate because if he had hung in just a little bit longer, just a little he would bit. have been very well taken care of with either Triple H or Shawn Michaels with the new NXT format. Hmm. Um Transitioning from that, uh, I had aforementioned his tag team partner, MJF. We're coming up on the uh, the bidding war of 2024. 2024. What um what do you foresee? Uh, how do you foresee that un- unrolling? Oh, my gosh. Everyone is under the impression that I've talked to, like, oh, he's already re-signed. But I'm like, I feel like with him, I feel like he's done what he can do in that company. And he's done well as a champion. I just want to see his shtick on on the main stage with with a bigger audience and all and I think he wants that too and for him to solidify himself um I think he needs to make that jump just for his career because what more yes he can continue to do the same shtick in AEW you can have great matches which he had like that Iron Man match he had with Brian Danielson at Revolution was just one of the greatest if not the greatest Iron Man match I've ever seen in my life and pretty much all of his matches are always top notch, but I would love to see him do that at a WrestleMania. I would love to see him promo in WWE. I would let, and only because he would be able to help other wrestlers elevate their game. And I think that's where WWE could benefit from getting back CM Punk and MJF is these guys that are so good on the mic. They would force the other guys to make them step up their game. I know Cody Rhodes brought that a little bit cause he's, he's a good talker. But some of these other wrestlers really could use um, the rub from like an MJF as well as, you know, just continue to elevate the brand. And this is where I think like someone like Britt Baker, who's done really well in AEW, would benefit coming over to WWE. Uh, I was at the big Texas Comic Con this past weekend and the crowd for Trish Stratus was just overwhelmingly more than Britt Baker and my daughters didn't really understand. I was like, isn't she like a big wrestler too? And I was like, yes, but you know what? If she came over to WWE, I bet you the crowds would be just as big for her, if not bigger. Um, and I think she just needs that exposure under the grand stage. And I'm hoping that, I don't know what her contract status is, but she's the one for her own career. If this is what she really wants to do, like for years and years and years, she needs to come over to WWE just for her career. Um, it, it'll be a good move. Same thing for MJF. So it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know exactly when in 2024. That's never been stated, right? Like when exactly in 2024? Is it like right at the beginning? So I don't know how much you follow other platforms. Uh, what I'm trying to allude to is I've I've recently started getting into hot ones on YouTube. Okay. You know that? You know yeah, what I'm talking the, about, right? The, I, yeah, the show yeah. with, uh 
for the listening audience who's not familiar, Hot Ones, uh, the the channel is Now We Feast or Today We Feast or something like that. Uh, it's it's an interview based show where they bring a celebrity guest or guests plural, um, and they ask questions and in between questions they eat hot wings and the hot wings are at different uh spice levels on the the scoville unit so you have like your basic classic buffalo hot sauce and then you might have something like insane like a a ghost pepper or reaper sauce something along those lines and they ask some pretty hard-hitting questions so there was one that was recently if if you want to go back and watch it after we're done uh mjf and uh and adam cole Mm -hmm. were, were on that show yeah yeah and that was one of the questions that the that was proposed like hey we're coming up. Uh, 2023 is coming up to an end, and we're we're about to be facing the the bidding war of, of 2024. Like, how soon can we can we expect that that war to begin? And, and MJF said, because it was it was you either had to answer the question or you had to eat a wing. And so MJF was like, no, it's 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 happening first thing in the year. So, so right when it hits January first, then. What what's your gut feeling like? I know you got my take already. I want to know what your gut instinct is. I'll tell you what I would like. Um, I I kind of agree with a lot of the points that you made. Uh, I feel like MJF has worked with a lot of talent in AEW. At least all the talent that I would want him to to work with, without him just kind of being part of the crowd. There are definitely more on the uh on the did i say ww or aew i said aew yeah, there yeah. are there's more talent on the wwe side that i want to see him go toe-to-toe with on the sticks the likes of my boy seth rollins the likes of la knights yeah um hell i'll even take like a like a part-time appearance between john cena i want to see john cena on the mic with with mjf MJF versus a Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, MJF uh, reuniting with the uh, the American Roller Coaster, as he likes to call him, Cody Rhodes. Like, yeah. there, I see a lot more promise and a lot more potential and and a lot more pairings and and matchups that I want to see from MJF uh, in WWE more so than I do in in AEW. Um, but I also feel like he's he's going to follow the paycheck. So yeah. whoever can offer him more money will probably be the the spot that he lands yeah um last thing i'll say on mjf um it's safe to say he's a full-fledged baby face in AEW. the whole crowd's on his side and i know he likes to play the the villain role but i think he's kind of used that up in AEW. and i think going to wwe he would be the perfect villain and that could get underneath the crowd's skin i know they would cheer him initially because it would be like a huge cross jump but over time like he can really get that crowd to hate him and build up whatever next baby face that they want to build up, whether it be an LA Knight or whoever. Um, there's just the the opportunity is just endless there in WWE as opposed to AEW, which it could be a lot more of the same thing, but I think the crowd is already too much on his side and he's fine as a baby face, but he's really good when he's the, not the, my, you're my scumbag, but no, when he's just a pure, like trash, evil person and, that would work perfectly in WWE. I think too, he's got to clean up his, uh, his vocabulary just a little bit. Cause I think AEW I think can. Can, can get away with uh, a little more profanity. 
uh wwe has been you know pretty laxed on it over the the last couple of years uh uh the talent has been able to say a lot of things that they haven't been able to say over several years past right. uh, in terms of profane language um but i mean you 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 watch an episode of of dynamite or or rampage or collision and somebody might drop an f bomb here or yeah. there like a company like that can get away with something like that so i think mjf might have to show a little bit of censor- censorship um if you were to make that make that jump just for the sake of the younger audience and that's that could also feed into what you were saying as well as far as like the wwe audience uh valuing him not valuing him but recognizing him more as a heel instead of you know cheering him like he is in AEW because mm-hmm. of that younger demographic that likes to look up to the more superhero-esque type white meat baby faces like your your John Cena's or your your Cody Rhodes of mm-hmm. the of the world. And I guess last question is because now we're seeing people jump is who do you see possibly making the jump from WWE to AEW? I mean we saw with Edge or Adam Copeland now as he's being being known as like who else do you see possibly heading over there for kind of like a rejuvenation like new new scenery like who do you i i posted this on my facebook uh, a couple of days ago i don't know if you ever saw the post but i posted like you know the three from aw who would benefit from wwe and the three from wwe who could use like new scenery in aw i don't know if you saw that post of mine i i must have missed it i don't i don't recall it no um, so i i put these names for wwe to aw just and see what you think of it uh kevin owens okay aj styles mm-hmm and Seamus. Just because I feel like they've done everything that they could do there in WWE. I think they've reached their, their ceiling, so to speak. Okay, in, in that regards, yeah. Um, if if Seamus is going to take the approach of, of Edge, of like he wants to do more in the wrestling industry, mm-hmm. that, that can make sense. Um, I'm almost, uh, I almost want to say swap out one of those names, uh, for Sammy Zayn and okay, have that's another one. Sammy and Kevin go as a, as a duo over to, to AEW. Um, because we know, a, we know AEW is more of the work rate show. So yeah. think, that's why I think Kevin Owens and AJ Styles would be perfect over there. Cause you put like Styles and Omega together in a match and it's just going to be, I think just super incredible spot fest and all that stuff. You know, the Young Bucks, you add them in. And then Kevin Owens can pretty much wrestle with anybody. So um, I think the matches you would get out of them over there would be good for their careers. Because, I mean, they're good in WWE, but also, like, I, I think Kevin Owens is kind of stale, even though there's, like, interesting story stuff there with Jey Uso right now. But I, I just think, like, he would flourish a little bit more on AEW right now. But that's just my take. Yeah, I, I want to agree with you on the AJ Styles take, but I mean, I think AJ Styles right now is comfortable. Um, mm. He made a comment a while back too when he signed his contract extension that re-signing with WWE was the, was the right choice for him and, and mm. for his family. Uh, and I think we've talked about that before too. Um, he he spent a lot of time in, in New Japan and on the independent scene uh, that I, I really feel like un- unless it's just – working with new faces and, and working with the different people that he's never worked before. Um, I don't, I don't really see him going over too much. Um, 
I was going to propose, even though he's he's kind of on the top of things right now, I would say Finn Balor would benefit from hmm. going to to AEW. I know that I know that the Judgment Day is is super white hot, and and they're running a lot of things across all brands, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Yeah, um, especially with Finn and uh, Priest. Oh wait, no, they dropped the belts. Never mind. Uh, they just recently dropped the belts. Uh, spoilers, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. Um, if you haven't gotten to watch the premium live event Fastlane, it's out there out there now on Peacock. But um, yeah, I, w- I would think that uh, that Finn Balor would probably, be, or maybe even a uh, uh, homeboy uh, JD McDonough. Okay. I, I could see I could see one of them uh, being the ones that that could jump the ship. Uh, like I said, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn could make a lot of sense, especially since. Uh, I don't want to say they're becoming irrelevant, but they're slowly falling to the back burner with all of this, uh, you know, Judgment Day bloodline stuff. Yeah. Um, especially since they're not holding the the straps anymore. Um, I feel like their their stories, their their culminations, everything they they got their WrestleMania moment. Yeah, they wrapped they've up headlined, their stuff. They've headlined WrestleMania. They got their stuff. Um, so, so for the exact same reasons that you said for AJ and Sheamus, I feel like they've done just about everything in WWE unless they want to make a run for like the world heavyweight title because Kevin Owens has already made so many runs at Roman and, and has failed. Um, they, they, that's just how they wanted the book. So, um, those, those would be, I guess, mine, uh, Sammy, Kevin, and either JD or, uh, Balor. Not bad, not bad. All right, uh, I think we we could go on for wrestling forever for sure. Um, but just wanted to, we haven't really talked that much uh, in person um, about this stuff, so it was nice to get uh, your opinions on everything going on. Just a lot, a lot of good for wrestling fans like us, and we're always, you know, sending each other different reels of, of wrestling stuff. So uh, keep sending me all that stuff. I always appreciate that, and I appreciate you so much for taking the time to be on today's episode of the Two Minute Drive Podcast you're always welcome back on whenever you want to come back on uh i'm not saying this is not your last appearance for sure so we'll have you back on and we'll make sure the guys are are available next time or the next time we're able to have all three of us um we'll make sure to get you in the mix as well one thousand percent uh again uh my sincerest gratitude much appreciation for having me on inaugural guest of the Two minute drive podcast of the 2023 NFL season. Uh, such a fun conversation. A lot of stuff covered. Um, I feel like anytime you and I are on a podcast, we can drag this thing out for hours. Um, for the for ladies and gentlemen who are listening, if you guys have any sort of interest, I think the first episode I ever did with my buddy here was a WrestleMania podcast that was probably like three and a half hours long. It was so the length of a WrestleMania. <laughs> if, if you guys have time to kill, if you're doing chores around the house, cleaning the house or whatever, you want to throw that on in the background, give it a listen, give it a, give a listen to any of the episodes that j- this gentleman has done, uh, not just for the two minute drive podcast, but anything on his main channel, uh, anything else on his spinoff series, nineties films turn 30. Um, I can't wait to see what uh, what the genesis of what you have created turns into, uh, how it's going to evolve. Um, if you're ever gonna uh, if you're gonna continue producing video content, I know that you have a YouTube page floating around out there. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, win or lose with our gentleman's agreement, I would be more than happy either way to do an appearance for 1994's 90s films turn 30. Um, I'm going to look forward to sending out an email uh, in spirit of Abraham Trevino, uh, two minute drive podcast at outlook.com, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there's the there's the plug for the email. Uh, I was going to shoot you an email to be on the show, but you beat me to the punch. Uh, I'll go ahead and send a follow-up email anyway, recapping our conversation for today. Um, hopefully the guys will be back in full swing and, and the audience can have uh, some entertaining laugh. Uh, maybe not too much at Jake's expense, but I have a feeling that's probably <laughs> how it's going to turn out because that's usually what it is. Jake, I love you. Uh, you're a good friend. I'm still Cowboys for life, buddy. Um, thank you so much for reaching out to me today. Uh, here's your plug for socials. Uh, they're the, uh, the two minute drive podcast on Instagram, uh, two minute drive podcast page on Facebook. And I think it's at you are roughness pod, uh, for X, right? Correct. Yeah. You got it. Uh, I think I, I think I got all bases covered there, but for those of you who are listening, um, for any new listeners that are coming on, uh, give these guys a follow. Super en- entertaining to listen to. I've been following for years. Uh, can't wait to see what's to come. And uh, Palace, my friend, thank you so much for having me. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Appreciate you. Once again, thank you to Brandon McLaughlin for special guest hosting this episode with me. Jake and Abraham will be back next week. Um, but before we leave, I wanted to give... Um, standings and all that stuff jake's and abraham's picks and all that um just to make sure their their stuff is included for the audience um so last week i went eight and five with my picks for week five so for the season right now i'm at 47 and 29 so i'm above 500 right now i I like that um i don't have jake's and abe's week five picks so um, we'll have to add those in at a later time but for the season and I gave you what my season record is for Abe right now. He's 41 and 22 and Jake is below 500 at 26 and 34. Um, and here are Abe's uh, top five power rankings after week five. He's got the San Francisco 49ers at number five, the Kansas city chiefs at number four, the Jacksonville Jaguars at number three, the Miami dolphins at number two and at number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. And for his week six picks, uh, he's got the Kansas City Chiefs this week, the Baltimore Ravens winning, the Atlanta Falcons, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Miami Dolphins, the Chicago Bears, the San Francisco 49ers, the Houston Texans, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Detroit Lions, the Los Angeles Rams, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And... For Jaco, his week six picks, he's got the Chiefs winning on Thursday night. He's got the Ravens winning, the Falcons winning, the Bears, the Bengals, the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Texans, the Raiders, the Rams, the Eagles, the Lions, the Buffalo Bills. And then, of course, he can never pick against the Dallas Cowboys, so he's got them winning on Monday night against the Chargers. And then Jake's top five power ranking teams after week five are the, at number five, the Detroit Lions, at number four, the Miami Dolphins, at number three, the San Francisco 49ers, at number two, the Kansas City Chiefs, 
And at number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I have no pushback here because they're not here to defend themselves. So um, that's going to do it for that. And that'll wrap it up for episode six. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Much thanks to Brandon. Again, he'll be back on later in the season, I hope. Uh, if not, for sure, we'll get him during playoff time. And we'll make sure the, the fellas are around as well so we can have a nice conversation. And, of course, um, as we've mentioned in the past, we're always welcome, open to, to special guests. So make sure you email Abe. Uh, it's 2 Minute Drive Podcast at Outlook.com. I hope I got that right. If not, it's it's somewhere in this show. Brandon did a, a way better job of plugging the socials. So good job on on you, buddy, for that. But that's going to do it for this week. Enjoy the games this weekend, and then we'll be back next week um, for an all-new episode of the 2-Minute Drive podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's basically available on any podcast platform. It's under the Palace Off the Top Rope page, so make sure you search that, and you'll find all the past episodes of the 2-Minute Drive podcast. And if you find yourself... Uh, interested in in Brandon and I's conversation about wrestling towards the end of this episode, there are plenty of Palace Off the Top Rope episodes where Brandon and I have talked about wrestling at length. So if you're interested in that, check that out. But of course, this is all football, two-minute drive. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week.